Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 99. I'm your host, M. With me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello. We're here. It's 99 episodes. Episode 99. We've made Last it. Last one. The final episode of podcasts ever. Uh, you, you can't beat 100%, which means we can't have any more episodes after 99. Yeah, we're done. No, so that's, we don't. What, that's what Jeff said. That is just what is written, so it shall be. Yeah. Thanks for listening for these last six years. Um, yeah, it's been great. Uh, video games fucking suck, but we've enjoyed <laughs> talking about them. You sure and have. now we're done. We can put it all down and walk away. So, oh, we're free. I mean, we're not free. We have more podcasts to do that aren't about video games. We're, we're not actually done. This bit has kept up long enough that I'm worried people might think we're actually finishing <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> This is just the end of the decade podcast, I guess. We'll no, just... our dumbasses are going to be here for episode 200. You know it's true. I do know it's true. I would take quitting as a such a catastrophic personal failure <laughs> that I can't. So... And this is just what we do now. Yeah. I would, I would fucking come on here. Jackson's like dead because it's 2025 and it, their country sank into the sea. Oh, I was and I would say, talk well, about, I would talk about like an itchio for five minutes every month before I would quit the podcast. That's how it goes. Yeah. When you're locked in the podcasting life, it's not at, good. And MP3 will come out every month. We can promise you nothing else, but God. that part will be true. And it'll be ostensibly about video games. Yes. Ostensibly as underlined. Uh, if I'm voice cracking here, I'm still recovering from an illness, um, yep. but I'm doing my best. So thanks uh, in advance for not making too much fun of me. Uh, yeah, and also this episode was just going to be a regular game of the year thing that we do where we put the music in, but we've played about eight video games this year, um, including all 12 that we did for the podcast. It's weird, I know. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's absolutely a game this year that I watched on YouTube instead of played and no one knew. So uh is it the obvious one or is there another one? No, it's the obvious one. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um So, you know, what are you going to do? But this, that means this is going to be a much more informal podcast. We have some decade lists, some year lists and uh just going to reminisce about things, I guess. There's no there's no formal plan. It's going to be a chill podcast, so I hope everyone enjoys uh, that. There's a little bit of a formal plan, because uh, since we're not like rushing right into a topic here, Jackson, have you played any video games? Um, y- yes, I have. I have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about them on the podcasts. So well, t- talk to me about a game that's not on your list. I've that, started that you- playing Guard 3. Oh, how's Drakengard 3? Uh, it's what, pretty good. You know what? What is Drakengard 3? Uh, it's the third Drakengard game. <laughs> yeah. It is a, a Yoko Taro game. It's a Drakengard game, which means it's like... Um, you know, Nier is just like a, a action RPG with small combat encounters uh, yeah. and set pieces. This is much more... Uh, it's not a Musou game, but it like the first game was inspired by that on the PS2, and it's kind of gone off on a different path. So much more large groups of enemies, uh, uh, levels that feel more like courses. You progress down the big map, uh, and you kill the enemies, and um, that structure remains true in this one. I'm not like an expert in how much that's changed, but I've played a bit of Dragon Guard One, uh, and I've played um, some Dragon Guard Three now, which I'm plan on finishing. Um, uh and yeah that's what i that's what i'm doing it, it, it's interesting the good the game part is pretty cool uh it runs at about six frames per second uh because it was a 2014 ps3 game made by yoko taro and access games is that it let me look this up 
I think Axis is just a publisher, but maybe I'm wrong. Yes, no, Axis Games, I was right. Okay, you were correct. Um, What's so, it about? Uh, it is about... So, oh, I, the, the state of the world's a bit vague, but nominally, because I've only played the first few levels, the game is about playing a Zero, who is one of the five intoners. No, well, no, there are five intoners, one to five, and you play as the sixth intoner, Zero. Uh, she is going to kill all the others and take their power that is the premise i have not i assume there's loads more going on than that but I, the game hasn't started to open up in any way but oh you is, mean you have to return to zero uh yeah i have to return to zero you mean zero's requiem i don't <laughs> i'm sure this game uh you know what i'm not sure this game has a better ending than that because <laughs> well, one of the endings of this game is like the side bonus ending that's near is spun off of right no that's dragon god one Oh, okay. This game came out four years after Nier. Oh, really? Yes, it's 2014 game. Wow. So what he made between Nier and uh, Automata. Goodness, okay. Um, But it's... uh, So, so, like, one of my big complaints about uh, Nier Automata was that Yagatara's Ryan doesn't suit, like, the... Humans, stories. (laughs) I'm trying to be nice. Okay, sorry. Because <laughs> uh, I know that's a very beloved game. My take is contrarian. Uh, but uh, it doesn't suit the like serious prestige sci-fi thing if you've like read a book before. Um, no, does not. <laughs> and I appreciate that this game is more openly just trashy because if I am expected to take the level of tragedy in Yoko Taro games like seriously on the face of it it's i'm not that's laughable uh so this game plays into it being much more laughable um they have introduced a character who's the worst character of all time that has ruined ruined it slightly but i'm it's early days so you know i might push through that uh it starts out you are you are zero and you have your dragon mikhail uh who's just the most earnest nice boy who's like why are you doing killing and she's like i need to murder my sisters and that's basically every conversation it's like a much worse version of every conversation with uh vice and near man because the characters from near are better than anything in you know the, the best things he's done um and so that's fine uh mikhail's and zero bounce off each other well uh the other sisters and her like bounce off each other just fine it's like it's very trashy because the first boss is like uh the the horny sister uh and it's the horniest game i've made like much more than like most games it's like actually real person horny um so, so, and that's fine that's not my complaint my complaint is that after that boss you are introduced to dito uh who instead of being like you know the the game is very obviously the lesbian uh, murder game uh, and then dito comes up and he's just what if 9s was horny and trying to slide into your dms every line and it's uh that's 9s <laughs> no it you sh- i need to send you some clips of dito like literally talking about you know hey what's say after this uh we go fuck zero and zero's like yeah maybe uh and then he makes fun of mikhail for not knowing what sex is uh i i'd find him intolerable <laughs> um which is a shame because you know i i, I know people like 9s but that character type apparently is a thing in yokotara games and he's terrible um but that's where i am i'm very early uh it's what i'm playing i'm having a good time with the combat i would like to finish it um but the other games i've played are all are all on this list <laughs> okay i've uh been settling into dragon quest 11 in earnest yes on the switch um because i meant to play it when it came out and then didn't uh and now I'm like, you know, I, 
I could do. I could stand for some video games. Trying to get back in the swing of things. That's yeah. our big goal in 2020 is to play more video games <laughs> and not hate our lives doing so. So you know, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that probably a little later in the episode. But probably. Like we do uh, every like, week. I'm like four, four and a half, five and a half hours in, and uh, like nothing, nothing's happened. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, I met I met this guy named Eric. He's a really nice boy. Um, he's clearly really into me. Like we're just like gelling. Um, he, I don't say a lot, and he seems to enjoy that, so that's good. And we're just going on adventures. We ran afoul of the government. Um, because they want to murder me. And yep. so we went through this door that was like a teleporter that teleported us to a new continent place. Who can say planet? Probably not. Cause it's dragon quest, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, RPGs. Yeah. Um, and now we're just uh, looking for, we, we encountered what might've been a ghost in a hot spring, but was actually just a little kid looking for her sister. I hope her sister is the person who joins my party next. Cause I could use a third person. Um, because it's just been me and Eric for about two hours now, so I'm ready for a new person. Uh, that sounds like Dragon Quest. Yeah, uh, it's super pleasant. Uh, the the like three Dness I was worried because I didn't really like Dragon Quest Eight when I played it a billion years ago. Um, but it, it's nice. I like the big open world. I think works. Uh, the battle speed where you could just crank it all the way up is fantastic choice. Um, unlike the Final Fantasies when you j- jump up the battle speed, the rest of the game runs normally, so you can just run around and enjoy the world. It's just the battles go four times faster, which oh, is that's what you want. Yeah, uh, I also turn off the music. I've been catching up on albums while playing the video game because um, the music's not great, and I know the Switch has the new orchestrated version, whatever. Still not great. The battle theme's bad. How do you make an RPG where the battle theme is bad? Um, yeah. It's just like a, it's just like like a cacophony it's just a mess i fucking hate it i don't understand in addition Um, to being an awful person he's also just giving up yes uh like you can be uh, a bad musician or a nationalist but you can't be both you can't be bad and here he is still shitting up this game but at least by being bad it afford like you're not gonna turn off the music in a final fantasy game uh no but the one thing about dragon quest is nice is i've heard all the music before that matters right yeah i know what a love love sound is i know what happens like in a mini metal i've done it a thousand times so i'm just kind of enjoying the game uh when you go between zones it's still the 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 sound where you do the like stair step noise is not part of the music it is a sound effect which is nice um i assume that jingle would be a, a because the, all the level up stuff counts as music, but that thing does not. Even though to me it is a set like a musical thing almost. That's strange. Um, the I, ch- 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 you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you no, played yes, Quest. I played enough Dragon Quest. Uh, I, yeah, I, I would have counted that in with the same as like the level up noise and stuff. Yeah, game's got kind of like a weird like sphere gritty level system for your characters, which is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But because it's Dragon Quest, instead of like. 100 like 300 entries it has like 36 entries <laughs> and you get to pick one of them every like four levels so that's fun um but i'm making my main character use a broadsword two-handed because fuck shields fuck shields you heard yep. it here first yep. i agree but dragon quest is great you just you, everything other than the boss battle you just put on automatic and you just kind of watch youtube or listen to music or whatever you want to do it's great i love it when the game plays itself numbers go up looks beautiful having a good time Dragon Quest never needed to change. Video games are good. Yeah. Turns out, sometimes games can just be good. Uh, the Switch, however, not so great. Part oh. where uh, playing for an hour like just cuts my battery in half. I'm like, oh, time to plug this in, I guess. 
Yeah, the, the Switch is not a portable console, but it's also not one on the TV, which is its yeah, selling no. point, and also why it sucks. Switch is the, uh, continues to be the worst of both worlds, because the all the games are compromised because it's a handheld, but they don't have any good handheld games like you would expect out of a 3DS, uh, because everyone's developing $60 games for console, so it just sucks all around. Also, the hardware is bad, you know, like, yep. what, what are you going to do? Can't win. Everyone's controllers are broken or breaking, and even when they do work, they're flimsy as shit. Like, no one likes the Joy-Cons. Yeah, mine's broken. I need to send my Joy-Con off, because I like I looked at getting just new Joy-Cons, like, maybe I'll just buy them. No, that's they are too much money, and they'll break again. Yep. I should just send these yep. off. It's a real Joy-Con. Some say that, but I don't. Well, I did, so... <laughs> On this podcast. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Committed to tape. <laughs> yep. Well, fair enough. Uh, so is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into the lists? Um, next month we're doing uh, Outer Wilds. Yes. Um, look forward to that. That's on co- major consoles and PC at this point. Oh yes, it came out on PS4. It's on Game Pass, right? On uh, Xbox? I believe so. I believe it's on Game Pass and it's definitely on the Epic Store. You know I don't have a fucking Xbox, so I couldn't tell you, but I bought it on the Epic Store. That's where I've played three hours of it, and then when I came back to it, I was like, shit, I don't remember what I was doing. I have to restart this game. <laughs> yep. And then I was like, Jackson, why don't we do Outer Wilds for the podcast? Uh, which is what we're going to do. So, um, I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to save the 2020 stuff until the end of the podcast. Um, I don't know. Maybe we should have talked about this beforehand. I've got no opinions. Well, then um, let's just go to our first segment. We'll save it to the end of the podcast. Yeah, I'm let's the host. Do it. I can make the call. That's right.
We're here to talk about the best and worst game of 2019, and by the singular game I meant worst, there's five bests for me. I assume Jack's not that five best. I don't know what their list is. Uh, yes, I have five bests. Um, they are not the five best games I played in uh, 2019, though. Really? I, there's a couple that I... Anything that went on a decade list didn't get here. There's two okay. games I played this year. That... I I didn't have any crossover there, so... <laughs> yes, no. Um the, the one that would have been a crossover you had already played. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll start my worst game of 2019, uh, which is a game I did not play, but watched entirely on YouTube instead, and that is Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain. Welcome. Welcome to the fold. <laughs> uh, which, even presented in the best possible light with Chip and Aronicus's now legendary LP, if you haven't watched this, please do yourself a favor, set aside three weeks and chip away at that for a while it's incredible, uh, it's incredible. we've said this like, um, on every podcast since we've been yeah. watching it but man um but even with all of that metal gear solid 5 is a really interesting engine uh yes. and a bunch of ideas not actually finished in a video game with one of the most frustrating disappointments of a story on top of it that i have ever seen presented to me of a thing that I think I like, like normally, I'm pretty sure I'm still a Metal Gear Solid fan somewhere deep inside my shriveled <laughs> heart. But yes. Metal Gear Solid Five, really, you know what? I know it's true because the thing that I ended up doing was one afternoon spending an hour yelling uh, on private on Twitter about what I would do to fix the story of Metal Gear Solid Five. Welcome, welcome. Um, that's how you know you still care. <laughs> yeah, and the answer was make it like an abstract '80s movie and not a video game. But whatever, we don't talk about that. Um, and it's so it's so unnecessary that Metal Gear Solid Five was bad, uh, and part of it is Kojima's fault. Part of it is absolutely Konami's fault because the game's not finished, and I, I assume that no one making that game wanted to put out the game that they put out the way they put it out because it fucking There's no sucks. Way. There's no way. Yeah, <laughs> no one looked at that and was like, "Good job, we nailed it." Uh, <laughs> but even if they had, the actual story is a mess. Uh, I would say the recasting of Snake ruins everything, but it's not like they be better in japanese right like uh like the way the game is structured is structured the way it is regardless of what language you're playing in so it's not about that it's not about the recasting that the game is bad story-wise it's just miserable I, I mean it does make the game measurably worse i think it's a very indicative decision like of yes the you know other things down the line but yeah when given free will kojima said i'm going to replace david Hayter with the fucking 24 man and you're like oh no this is all this is doomed yeah um, but then also, you know, Miller shows up and tells you that it, it's bad when the United States has a black site, but he wants a black site because you can make a lot of money if you had a black site. So please, big boss, can I please have a black site? Yes. And that happened. That same conversation happens about 20 times uh, because the game has three ideas and it just spins them over and over again until you're out of missions to do. For 80 then, hours. Because it's yeah, somehow 80, 80 hours. hours despite not yes. even being close to finished. Yeah, um, that coupled with its legendary miserable treatment of women, you think it's just the pause vagina bomb stuff, but it's so much, so much fucking it's worse. It's so than that. much worse. Uh, you think it's quiet? It's so much worse than that. Yeah. Um, someone's to go to jail for the strange love stuff in Metal Gear Solid Five. It's one of the worst things I've ever like just ever been presented with. Yes. Uh. Um, and that's a shame. So, not to belabor the point, but Metal Gear Solid 5 fucking sucks. I found out way after the fact, 
uh, Jackson's been saying it all along and I just didn't go down that journey. He wasn't willing to, it's not a game. I like, it's not a structure of game I wanted to play. Um, but watching the LP was nice because I could see the enjoyment when someone else does it and I don't have to sit there and rummage around an open world being stealthy and shit. It's not what I'm coming to Metal Gear for. I played every game on easy. I don't give a shit. Um, it's very interesting to me because, you know, that trailer, the nuclear trailer is what inspired me to get like a PS4. And I thought we were going to, and we'll play MGS5 together. It'll be like this great bonding experience. <laughs> you know what? I was all told, I think the experience of Metal Gear happening to you has been a good bonding experience. It definitely has. It's been a journey. Trauma bonding is bonding. Oh, for sure. But you coming at the other side of, uh, of like all the Metal Gear games you didn't get to with basically the same takes, but without yeah. the like hyperbolic time chamber aspect to it. Yes. Uh, has been very um, good. So yeah, it's a bad game. Anyway, let's talk about good games. Good yeah, games are, I like good games. I wish I played more of them this year. Uh, honestly, I feel like looking at like the list we played for Abnormal Mapping, I was like, I don't man, none of these, I don't think any of them made my list at all. Yeah. None of them made the list that we played this year that were new to me. Um, three made mine. Uh, well, you played. I somehow I think you played less games than me this year. Yeah, no, I definitely did. I, I mean, part of that was the moving. No, it was last year. There was, there was nothing. I have no excuse. You have no excuse. It's just like, been you uh, time. God, this and year's just happened like at to some us. point we just have to admit that this is our lives. They're on fire. It's not a time. This is just <laughs> what it is. No, moving was last year. This year just occurred to me. Like, I feel yes, like, God. <laughs> Huh. Anyway, my fifth best game, 2019, is Untitled Goose Game. Everyone's heard of Untitled Goose Game. It's nice and pleasant. I, I wasn't as, like, gaga for it as everyone was in the two weeks everyone was gaga for it. Um, but it's nice. It's it's chill, fun puzzle game, and I like chill, fun puzzle games. Uh, it's nice to play a stealth game where the failure state is really soft. Um, I wish more stealth games were like that. Um, the things they ask you to do can be difficult, but you know, you fail, you just walk away and come back when the people reset. It's nice. Um, it's pleasant. It's funny. It's like an hour and a half long. Like it's the perfect video game. Video games for an hour and a half long going to be ones that I love across the board. Um, I think there's two long games in here and I didn't even finish one of them. <laughs> it's just on the list. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, love Untitled Goose Game. It's good. Uh, you know, doesn't bear a ton of talking about because everyone fucking knows what it is. Go get it. It's fun. I still haven't uh, played it, but yeah, I need to. Uh, four is Sayonara Wild Hearts, uh, which I played on Apple Arcade with a controller, which in itself felt like a strange magic. Um, but uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Wild- <laughs> yes. Oh, we don't do episode names anymore. <laughs> Uh, um, just in my heart. Sayonara Wild Hearts is a also a strange kind of magic in that it is an interesting mashup of a bunch of genres I like uh, with like an aesthetic that I find really good and the thing that comes out is like neutrally good. I really like the game but I um, if you told me they made Res but it was like a neon biker game I feel like I would come out a little more positive than I am. It's fine. It's good. I like it a lot. But it's also, like, kind of ephemeral. Um, Device 6. Gonna show up later. I like it a lot. One of the most profound games to me as a person. Sinai Wild Hearts is, like, really pretty. I love the music. I like playing it. But it's, like, that's it. It's, you know, they they made the game about the bisexual lighting. And it's, like, as shallow as that meme is on some level. Mm -hmm. And I like it. And it's pleasant. But it's, it's not res. 
yeah, no, I mean, also, also the part where uh, you don't get album mode to after you play the game through once is just outrageous. What are they fucking doing? Um, it is tr- isn't album mode just the game, but without the cuts to the main menu? Yeah, it's just play through the entire thing. That should be the first that be thing the first you do thing. in the game. Yes. Because yes. the constant cuts back to the main menu are like, the game's only like less than an hour long, maybe. Yeah, yeah. the part where it cuts back and gives you a score, all that should be after you've beaten it one time. You they, should just play are... the fucking video game. Yeah, that's the wrong way around. Um, yep. uh, that, game's, that game's also coming up on my list. I also really liked it, but I mostly agree yep. with that stuff. Probably wouldn't yep. have made my list if like we'd been... If this was a big video game this year, right? Yeah, like, no, if I was if I was doing my job like I'd done my job in, like, 2016, it wouldn't right. be on this list. But I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably true of Untitled Goose Game also. Um, let's talk about some real shit. Number three, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. Didn't finish it. I'm, like, seven hours in, something like that, maybe. Um, incredible game. They made Castlevania again. It's good. I'd like to go back to it. Haven't got the chance. I was like, I need to finish this before uh, November cut off. And I didn't have to because I know it's good. Cause it's the it's the same game that Ega's been making forever, um, and that part's great. I really like Aria of Sorrow. Uh, I really like Dawn of Sorrow, and this is one of those. So you know, it's hard to it's hard to like, you know, just go. Oh, they made Castlevania again, and uh, Castlevania is one of my favorite franchises. Maybe my favorite franchise. So they did that. It's been so long that you totally can. I think it's back. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, back. no, no, like. Uh, it just feels really reductive to be like, look, they made another one, but God, I, you people can watch me play through multiple Castlevanias. We talked about Symphony Night a long time ago now. Yes. Um, at one point, episode 100 might have been Ari of Sorrow. It turned out not to be the case. But When we decided um, that there would be another version of this conversation, going, man, it's good when they make Castlevania. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Bloodstained's great. You should play it. It's really amazing they pulled it out because... I mean, Those early trailers look terrible. It looked rough for a while. and I mean, I always thought the movement looked right. And it's true. It feels like Alucard. Some might say a little too much like Alucard could have made it a little faster. But you know mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Um, but uh, yeah, they just they just nailed it, and that's all I wanted. And that's great because like my number nine exists, right? Like you, there's no guarantee that these are going to be good. Um, no, the number is. Yep. Uh, and I'm someone who kind of liked my number nine, but still not Mega Man. It's not fucking Mega Man. Uh, but this is just Castlevania, so yeah. Number two. Mario Maker 2. Um, weirdly, like I was going to put this on my list and then it popped back up in the news. Everyone's like, oh, Mario Maker 2 again. I'm like, yeah, it was always it was always good. Like, I understand the Nintendo has dropped the ball profoundly on supporting anything ever. But um, Mario Maker 2 is a great addition like to the stuff in Mario Maker. The levels are really incredible. I think you can do so much more with it. Um, I still miss the lack of costumes. I wish there was like a version of Mario Maker that was like aesthetics. Uh, Mario Maker, and that's why I don't really make a lot of... I didn't make any levels for this game, but I played a lot more of it because I thought the game part was much better. The addition of 3D World is really smart. Uh, I like all those mechanics. I think they lead to some of the more interesting stuff that you can do in 2D Mario. Um, and uh, it's great. I mean, uh, Mario Maker, I think, was on one of our other top games with the year that the first one came out, so... Uh, I've always liked Mario Maker. I continue to like it. I wish Nintendo supported it a little more. Link's pretty cool. I'll say that. Yeah. I, I also wish Nintendo were a good company, but alas. Yeah. <laughs> alas, they are not. Um, my favorite game of 2019 is Don't Wake the Night, which uh, some of you are going to be like, what's that? I've never heard of it. And you know what? That's fair. Uh, Don't Wake the Night is a very small game. Uh, it is definitely the smallest game to have ever won Game of the Year for either of us on this website. Yes. Um, 
But uh, if you want to get go and uh, play it, you can go to uh, Brujeria at work. Uh, that's B-R-U-J-E-R-I-A-A-T-W-E-R-K dot itch dot itch.io. Um, and that'll take you to the page for Don't Wake the Night. It's uh, $9 Canadian. That's what, like $6 American? I don't know. Um, and it's a very small game about uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of people in this community. Um, they're like natives ambiguously, but they go into the wood, into the woods, do this ritual uh, because they have an inner community dispute. One of their members has disappeared and they're trying to figure out. Uh, what they should do. Should they let them back into the community? Um, should they banish them? And you are the being that they summon to listen to all of their problems and give them guidance. And um, one of the things for me this year that's been like really important is the discord that we have and the community that we built as a website, which kind of surprised me. I didn't really expect it to ever happen. And now we have like a community and it's strange and it's sometimes it's very difficult and there are real issues at play when you are relating to a large group of people that have various interests and there's no guarantee that everyone's going to get along even when everyone's playing by the rules right yeah um and to me this game so perfectly encapsulates the nebulous non-answers to what you do when there is inter-community strife um because there is no clear answer like everyone can be right or can be wrong and there's still not be a clear path forward at the at the end of the day all you can do is make the choice that you believe in and hope that you are operating in the best intent and what does that look like and that is what this game is about and really spoke to me i played it when it came out earlier this year and i just keep thinking about it all the time um yeah, I, I think it's really incredible i think it's really specific to uh like an experience of anyone who cares a lot about like holding together communities when communities are defined by Everyone jokes, you know, leftists online, they always disagree and fall apart. Like, interfaction fighting is just what we do. It's a joke at this point. But living in that space and trying to do the best to hold people together is an important thing to put your efforts into. And I think that Don't Like the Night is incredible for that. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. Um, it's really short, too. It's like half an hour, and it's great. Especially when, like, the if you take the bare bones of the thing you just said you could also probably apply those themes to much worse games right of like oh no one's right and and you can never figure out the right answer that's like every rpg but you not with the specificity of like what that actually means in a real sense just in a nihilistic no, there's no ideology way yeah um so i i need to play this this is like you've definitely uh i i should have played it out in the year uh but didn't because i haven't played any video games um but yeah that sounds fantastic yeah. Uh, oh, cool. Um, is that is that is that your list? That's my list.
So, my 2019 has been even barer than M's in terms of gameplay, but I, I feel actually pretty good about uh, about some of the games that made it on here. Um, have I have two two games for the worst for the worst list? Um, my my first is Death Stranding. Oh, uh, who could have foreseen such a thing? Um, now I also have the same some similar feelings on MGS Five to you. Uh, in fact, exacerbated by the fact that I like the part where you play it sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, the part where I have hundreds of hours in Metal Gear Solid 5 because there's, like, the skeleton of a cool game um, means that I am, you know, mixed feelings on that. And uh, so I come to this game and Kojima's finally, he's got a new game, he's he's invented a new genre and whatever complete bullshit the marketing's talking about. But he's made a video game, it's not Metal Gear, maybe that'll free us from the hell that we're in it, you know wasn't have my didn't have my hype didn't have my sights on like an mgs3 level thing but i did hope it would be better than mgs5 and maybe uh just maybe something i could just enjoy um disconnected from the weird kojima discourse uh and what i ended up getting was one of the most cowardly stories ever told that had nothing to say about anything that made metal gear look like a complete fluke as it kind of pissed all over its ideas and ended up stealing the new ideas it had from every anime ever made like if you've ever seen any anime the twists the plot the themes the ideas in this game are just that you've seen them all before and there's nothing interesting and new here like not even slightly and it's unbearably long about it uh and i, I just found that very very sad because while like Metal Gear's importance is greatly overstated because of a lack of cultural exposure to um, Japanese storytelling. Like you watch, like a few, you watch any, you know, anime, or even more widely, like you become any kind of familiar with like Asian cinema about America, and you see these themes everywhere. Uh, this Kojima's like insights on America are not unique. They're not genius. Uh, they're just, uh, you know, a a different culture looking on america uh I'm, you know i'm not saying every anime is the same or whatever i'm just saying that uh he comes from a background and his like western reputation uh is because of uh, a lack of western familiarity with those stories um but never has it been as profound uh as in as in death stranding and it's just very disappointing um, yeah uh, the interesting thing is like I feel like everyone's expecting Death Stranding to be really divisive, but I feel like most people just don't like it. Yeah, and not even in the, like, hate it way. Uh, there are things in that game that I was expecting to become, like, video game cultural memes about how bad they were, or even how funny they were. But there's there's nothing, you know? It's just no one's posting about it. You you can't post about it. You can't even post... You can post about how bad a Metal Gear Solid Five is. You can make cars jokes all the live long day. And people are yeah. trying with Death Stranding, you know, making jokes about the briefings with Die Hard and what have you, but it just hasn't caught on. The it just has not culturally dug in in any way. I think this game's just going to be forgotten. Uh, you know, I think that might be the best thing we can hope for. If Kojima just gets the reduced budget and has to make a normal video game without the pretense, I would love that. But he's going to win the he, game. What if he can't? Week. What if he can't get actors and has to just make a video game? Um, what if he could only use drawings instead of a fucking, like, one-take camera? Well, uh, I don't know. It might, it might, be, <laughs> might be a great game. Like, who can say? <laughs> might be really good. I don't know. Yeah, God. Um, but 
But it, yeah, it's, it's the greatest point. That's really, I'm just going to restate myself if I keep going. So that's my Death Stranding yeah. feelings. Yeah. Uh, and the other one I want to note, uh, uh, just in my personal disappointment list, uh, is Nier Automata. Uh, in, uh, <laughs> Did you finish that this year? Has that been this year? That was last December. Oh, okay, that counts. Yeah, that our, our list does go December to the end of November. So. That was last December because I finished it on the 21st of December because I remember this as two days later was when I had uh, my like, OCD attack on the 23rd. Are you saying that it's Nier Automata's fault? <laughs> no, but I do think of Nier Automata being like the last big game I got to experience before my brain fell apart. <laughs> Jackson, <laughs> we've been doing this podcast for almost seven years now. It, Your brain's been falling apart the entire time. I promise you this year's been slightly different, but I do recognize that. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway. I would like everyone listening to go back and listen to every year we do the no, end of the I, year I, once. I promise you, I've been <laughs> we can't do this here. But yes, anyway... Um, so I played Nier Automata a couple of years after, like being annoyed about being mostly spoiled in it because I went to, waited too long and it was kind of overhyped and stuff. But I went in having um, enjoyed, but had a lot of problems with Nier the first game. Yeah, uh, I really liked a lot of it, and then found the ending a bit bad and the multiple playthroughs bad. Uh, but there was a core of it that was like fantastic. Those characters are great. It's it is a good game in many many respects, um, and Nier Automata, uh, which you know I may have talked about this earlier in the podcast, but uh, the joy and the humanity of uh, Nier One is just gone, and partially that's like deliberate, right? Because it's about taciturn robots who don't have feelings but do, discovering that they do. Um, but I have watched every episode of the Next Generation, some of them multiple times, and you need to bring me more than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. Uh, it goes on for way too long, um, and the combat can't carry it. Like the combat in Nier is much better. I think Platinum Combat is a really bad fit for RPGs because it's mindless when it's not like Bayonetta level of you know intricate. Uh, it's mindless, but it's it always requires effort. You have to be doing the right things all the time. It's not like you know you play Kingdom Hearts and that combat is designed for the relaxing feeling of a thirty-hour game with peaks. Yes. Um, whereas the Platinum Combat really makes this game feel exhausting as you just fight the same four enemies for 30 hours. Um, every single side quest is the same. Uh, you know, you'll find someone and they'll say, oh, can you go and find my jumper? I think that's literally one about someone's missing jumper. And you're like, oh, uh, there was the aliens, the, the, the robot destroyed it and then they become obsessed with robot rage and then they die and the robots seek revenge. And it's just the only... Th- the only thing that happens is you just become numb to the tragedy of it all. Uh, and yeah, so I was just very, very disappointed with it. I, I thought it wasn't saying much. Uh, I didn't really connect with any of the characters. Um, and it was it was disappointing after after Nier, which I had enjoyed, but found pretty flawed. And then, you know, after playing Nier Automata, I, I now look back on Nier as a game I really like. Uh, so that's, uh, that's the worst. Um... I guess we'll get straight into it then uh, with uh, my best uh, in my best of the year list. Now this is um, this is really seven to three on the list. There's two games that are on the decade list from this year, but I didn't want to do repeats. Yeah, fair enough. I'll just do these first two together uh, because it's near one and Death Stranding again. <laughs> oh, great! Uh, which is near one? I basically said near one. Uh, it's a fantastic game in lots of respects. I think that the party is like genuinely warm. Uh, the moments of like interesting um, 
game design like novelty tricks i guess is a, i mean that in less of a mean way the yokotaro has missions where it's like this will just be like a weird thing that we've done with the game for you and the ones in automata are just not as good as the ones in near where there's literally a bit where it turns into resident evil like that stuff's way better there's like the famous text adventure there's um you know a whole bunch of things uh and the like the environments and the aesthetic of that time looks much more impressive i don't think there's there's very few things in games that look as impressive as kainé's village uh from the, the wind village i guess from from near one um and i ended up really liking the combat i think the combat's very cool in near one uh the specifically the rhythm of the like hand-to-hand combat followed up by the like okay and then you've got to figure out how to fire a blast on um like the weak points within time limits it just ended up having a good rhythm to it so yeah good game uh yes and then death stranding the part where it's a video game is often fantastic because it is a uh like i made sure not to mention this when talking about the plot which really brings the whole thing down but uh a game as a game it is like it looked at open world games and understanding why they were bad and tried to make the worst part of every open world game which is going to places repeatedly with no context uh into a video game like they tried to like fix that and i actually think it did an okay job not like the best job in the world um <laughs> Because I think that there's some things that really, I think that the social features aren't as good as aren't as good as all that. Like the, it arbitrarily brings infrastructure into your world in ways that aren't always helpful, and then the maintenance isn't always great. Um, and but uh, <laughs> the part where you are hiking around, carrying things on your back, it's a game about learning the like you know the the routes around you, learning uh, how it, like to carry yourself, and it can like have like good affecting moments of quiet as you're walking around the landscape carrying delivering packages i think that, that that is a good thing to make a game about um the rest of it's still terrible but i they had to be on both lists to reflect my feelings on it uh but now into the uh the the actual top five um the i have mm, and they're not, not ordered here but you did them in order so i think i'm gonna pick an order uh number number five um I will, I will mention number three, number two, and number one when I get to them in the other lists. Uh, okay. But number five is Zone of the Enders 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, also a game with an absolutely awful story that if you've seen any anime, specifically mech anime ever, will just like drive you just up the wall with how much of a nothing it is. Uh, like, it's, it's really bad story-wise. But its missions are fantastic and specifically once you get like past the first hour of the game it's just incredible set piece to incredible set piece to the end uh final boss fights are a bit disappointing but the like actual climax of the game is an adaptation of what my feelings on mech anime are like through the play in a way that i never expected to see uh i think that that's just one of my favorite things in video games um i'll let people who haven't played (laughs) Uh, Zone of the Enders 2 discover what that is but if you have played Zone of the Enders 2 you know exactly what I'm talking about mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I really I really liked it and also it was just a fantastic character action game like after how bad the first game felt uh, very good game uh, number four Sayonara Wild Hearts uh, I share the same feelings as you I think it was really good and it, like I, I found it's kind of like emptiness is the wrong word but it's like just kind of flat good execution of a fairly shallow idea inspiring because i had just come off of uh finishing up control 
uh, which isn't isn't like bad enough to be on the worst list or anything. I, I like parts of it, but had found exhausting in how long it was, um, and just shallow and frustrating and it had a very like, anticlimactic ending that didn't dig into any of its themes in any way which is like part of the course for remedy uh alan wake does this as well but alan wake wasn't like beloved in the way control was like control hit in a way that i don't expect remedy games to hit but it's just another one of those um and so i was just kind of coming off control feeling a bit down about video games feeling about it down what it like what it means to be a big successful game and then Sinai Wild Hearts was just an hour long. Um, it did exactly what it set out to do. Uh, I had a great time. It had some really cool moments. Um, and then I was out. Like, <laughs> just nice and affirmingly good. And there's something about something that's, like, just nice and good that I that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I think that, um, that works well. Uh, which brings us to the number one of this part, uh, Sad it didn't make it into the decade thing, but I, I couldn't I couldn't go that far, but it had to had to have its spot here. Sonic Adventure 2, arguably the greatest game ever made. Yeah. I uh, mean it's up there. It's up there. Like it, it, playing it, especially some of the um you know, some of the uh treasure stages, if you're not acquainted with the nuances of how the treasure stages work, uh, is intolerable. But it's also the like source of uh, like so, it's it's ground zero for so many things in video games and shadow of the hedgehog is legitimately cool in that game uh it's dumb it's earnest it's good i don't know what more you want he says chaos control and then you grind on rails in space like it delivers the thing that you want from video games in such a bombastic over-the-top enjoyable way that it's it's good like you don't get metal gear rising without this this is better than metal gear rising for what it's worth but in terms of like the culture right around how cool it is when the music plays and you fight a ridiculous boss that's sonic adventure 2 right there that's the thing you like um yeah and you know sonic just gets uh unfairly maligned both by people who don't understand it and also its developers like i'm not saying that sega tricks Sonic well or that the like past games have been amazing forces had a budget of about 20 pounds uh but you know i think sonic adventure 2 is probably the best 3d sonic game and uh i must shout it out for being one of my favorite things uh even if there's a there's a lot wrong there but that's the list as it is for now okay Uh, which one do you want to go to next We'll find out after more music.
start with next segment being the best games of this decade uh which are you know obviously from 2010 to 2019 i don't like it but here we go this is what we're doing uh i know you are a defender of the there's no year zero arguments yes i look i felt the other way as a child and everyone went the other way when it was the millennium and everyone's changed their minds and we need the constancy that's all I care about. I felt this way my whole life. I did people really say that two thousand was the last decade, the last year of the nineties? That's stupid. Did people seriously say that? Yeah. Well, I agree with you that they're all dumb, but I, I understand how your confirmation comes. Yeah, I, I I went through this once, and I have to do it all over again after I just acquiesced, and I, I the line's been drawn here. Anyway, <laughs> uh, games of this decade, we have a t- I have an ordered top ten list because oh. I'm not a coward. All right, well I guess I'll get to ordering mine as you speak. <laughs> Number ten, The Last Guardian, uh, which is a game that I feel like has just been utterly forgotten, and I hate that that's true. Um, 
everyone made a bunch of jokes about it and then it just came out and it was incredible and no one remembers it people still talk like shadow Colossus is the last game they made it's not true they made a better one uh and it's fantastic people should play it um i think the flow is generally better uh the the bird dog does not listen to you as much as everyone wants because they're gamers, but it's good that the bird dog sometimes doesn't give a shit what you want. Um, it's beautiful. I think about I've been thinking about replaying it pretty regularly, and it's good. I think about Last Guardian all the time. It's an incredible game. Nice. People should play it. Uh, number nine, Tacoma. Yeah, uh, Tacoma. We covered. You can list our episode. I don't know if I have anything else to say other than Tacoma is another game that I'm like, this should be on everyone's game of the decade list. And I don't think it's going to be. And I don't understand how that happens because Tacoma is fantastic. But it also seems to have just been forgotten. People out here uh, talking about Gone Home, like Tacoma doesn't do everything it did better. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Play Tacoma. Tacoma's really fucking good. Uh, yeah, the conversation people today, people today were like, I don't know. I, it seemed like another one of those. And I'm like... One, another one of the best kind of game. You play the, you play it. Two, uh, it, it's not. It's the best one of this genre. So please play Tacoma. I They're never ma- going to make another game like that. It's too expensive to make a game <laughs> where everyone is embodied in the space having conversations you can scrub through. I could have made my entire list out of games like that. <laughs> yes. Well, a lot of my list is, well, we'll get there. But number eight, Gravity Rush 2. Uh, another game seemingly no one ever fucking played. Um, the sequel to Gravity Rush, you do have to kind of play Gravity Rush if you want to get the most out of it. But Gravity Rush 2 uh, is probably the end of the series. They, they clearly shoved what was the framework of the story of 3 at the end of the game, but uh, is an incredible open world game. I've uh, been thinking about it a lot in terms of like what it's like to be like a hero in a video game space and what empowerment looks like. And I think Gravity Rush 2 does my favorite version of that in that you can do incredible feats, uh, but you're still kind of like a weirdo klutz doing your best. And the game is about that, but the play is also about that. Just smashing into buildings and dropping things and not knowing what direction you're heading because you're the camera's upside down and you're on level three of this cloud city and you don't know which direction your objective marker is. Is. it's good uh makes well, a spider-man game illegal yeah people should play this it's regularly on sale at this point uh because no one cared about this game when it came out and that's a real shame it's good oh. uh seven i mentioned before device six if you have an ios device sadly that's where it's probably going to stay forever you owe it to yourself to play device six it is a text-based adventure puzzle game it's basically like the room which we did before but it looks like a book it looks like audio or uh, words that's what i want there is audio in it but um you you read it like it's a story and there are puzzles within that and mechanics that come out of the marginalia and it's incredible uh and aesthetically it's just so cool with it's like 60s spy like mod nonsense it's what got me to watch the prisoner which is my favorite television show ever um and it's great uh it's relatively short it's very affordable uh it's made by smogo who made cyanide wild hearts uh and i hate that it's just gonna live on ios forever because people should play it i don't know how you would do a like steam version but i'm sure they could figure it out um, put it on Switch. You can rotate that. You really need a screen that you can turn up like various directions. But other than that, um, it's fantastic. One of my favorite games ever, yeah. obviously, because it's on this list. Yeah. Number six, 
the binding of isaac that's true uh binding of isaac is my depression game it's my forever game if you were exiling me to a deserted island this is the game i'd take i've put hundreds of hours into binding of isaac if i had the wherewithal i could put more hundreds of hours into Binding of Isaac. It is the perfect roguelike for me and my sensibilities. I love how high random it is. Um, I like how weird it is. Uh, but only in the scope of this, like that other game came out uh, just recently, have no interest. Absolutely not. Binding of Isaac is like a time and a place where you could put out the game that Binding of Isaac is. <laughs> and that's it. That's the line. Uh, never again. Uh, which is good because they made basically the perfect game, especially once they did the re-release. Um, at this point, like looking at the original game is so weird, even though I yes. put hundreds of hours into it, because I put more hundreds of hours into the new one. Um, and it's just a better game because it's on a normal engine and not a flash game that's falling apart at the seams. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you have a stomach for, you know, some gross out visuals and humor and it, it, like funny wise, it's very juvenile, but, um, it's just one of the most rewarding going into a space, having a run, fighting some enemies, getting into a dungeon experiences that I've ever had. And I love it. Yeah. Number five, Animal Crossing New Leaf. It's Animal It's fucking Animal Crossing. It's fucking <laughs> Animal Crossing. Uh, I'm really excited for the new one. I'll put another year of work into that one. Uh, this is what I do every time there's an Animal Crossing, except for that Wii one, which I didn't play. I get Animal Crossing, I play it for about a year, and then I'm done. Uh, That's the only Animal Crossing they made this decade. Like, main uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't need them. I, I don't want them to make more Animal Crossing than that, really, uh, because that's too much Animal Crossing. Uh, it literally has devoured years of my life, and it will devour another one very soon. So look for <laughs> Goatee 2020, uh, unless they really fuck it up. And uh, I hope that's not the case, because that would be very sad. Uh, but I love Animal Crossing. I love its world. It's so cozy and fun and warm. Uh, it's the only video game that I've ever wanted to go back to day after day after day just to check in and see what's going on. You know, the idea of doing dailies is really anathema to how I feel about what video games should be. But Animal Crossing makes it such like a like a restorative thing to me as a person to do. The ritual is rewarding in and of itself. And when you don't actually get like, you know, there's no login rewards in Animal Crossing yet. We'll see. Um, and I think, I think that's part of it. Like, you know, you roll up every weekend and KK Slider's playing a song and you get the song and it's fucking great. I love Animal Crossing. Oh, uh, yeah. Number four, Bayonetta 2. I've not played it. Jackson's never played Bayonetta 2, <laughs> but I'm here to tell you the Bayonetta 2, greatest character action game ever made. I have played uh, Bayonetta 2. <laughs> I I don't have any proof of that. <laughs> um, you can watch me play Bayonetta two on a very old now let's Ooh, play on a YouTube yeah. channel. Um, but uh, Bayonetta two is incredible. Uh, the thing about Bayonetta two one is that it's like really generous, so you get to just kind of enjoy the combo system because the game's not actually that difficult. But two, it has some of the best weapons that have ever been in a video game. I would, uh, and that's that's why Jackson's never played it because they. Played it wrong. Uh, I just played the whole thing with the the bay. They're the bayonetta guns. I don't know what more you want from me. Uh, you want chainsaw, roller skates, and a giant, giant hammer, or any of the other cool weapons like the cool scythe with little fingers, and it's all good. Bayonetta two is incredible. I can't wait for Bayonetta three. Uh, it's the only good Christmas game. That's true. That's true. 
the thing about platinum is they make the same game over and over again but none of them have like the thing where you're like i'd watch this character go shopping which is what happens at the beginning of bayonetta 2 yeah god it's really true yep number three the legend of zelda breath of the wild um breath of wild appeared two years ago on game of the year stuff last year i don't remember one of those two years ago um you played that yeah and uh is an incredible game uh restored my ability to care about zelda which i thought was basically gone outside of like the nostalgia for link's awakening and link the past and stuff um Mm -hmm. but um, much ink has been spilled about breath of wild i don't feel to linger on it but making an open world that i want to just hang out in and go explore and see actually what's over the hill and it's probably just a stupid shrine but that's enough is an incredible feat didn't think it was possible to make me care about this style of game um and they did and i hope they can do it again someday when they make that second one and i'm like they don't need to do this but they're gonna do it anyway oh doing breath of the wild but just again is gonna be very funny yes they did it with ocarina of time for two decades (laughs) maybe they can make it uh less gross this time uh denied no no, (laughs) application denied (laughs) yeah number two uh third time that this game has appeared on one of these style of lists hollow knight yep uh i don't know what to tell you it was my game of the year last year it was on my list the year before that hollow knight is uh the best 2d game ever made probably up there one of the best games ever made i i just think it's great i just want to go and live in that world i love all the cozy bugs i'm excited for silk song um i was listening to the soundtrack last night it's it's great hollow knight is great and you you know what hollow knight is it's good go play it uh i do i played about 10 hours of that yeah uh it's it's the only game i cared about the lore i watched lore videos that's true i did not get that deal i you know i played at a weird time so i had to stop but uh i I loved what i played you know and then the best game of the decade according to me scientific facts here super hexagon if you haven't played super hexagon it's very easy uh there's a hexagon that's (laughs) (laughs) explaining it is very easy how about that it is a hexagon is collapsing uh and has like a bunch of like a maze that your little arrow in the center is navigating you go left and right as it collapses try not to die last as long as possible as you are assaulted with light and sound um and this kind of stands in for like vvvvvv or fly wrench or a number of games that are like this god fly wrench um but this is my favorite one because it just boils it directly down into don't get crushed go fast um and just extends that to its incredible difficulty there are six difficulty levels in super hexagon and you clear the to the next one when you last for a minute i've made it to difficulty three i've been playing this game for almost 10 years now um i'll never get to six never in a million years um but uh, Super Hexagon, I think, is just the distillation of video games itself. It's you doing this one action in this very compelling system over and over again to try to get better every time. Uh, Tetris get fucked. Yep. And that's how I feel about video games this decade. That's Not a lot of big games. We'll probably ra- do a wrap-up when we're done. Yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm also surprised by my list uh, in, in how years work, basically. But we'll, we'll, we'll do that wrap-up when we're done. Yeah. Thank you.
Okay, uh, I have my games of the decade here. Um, I was my number ten had two choices, um, but I, I think I have to go with this one, even if it makes the list a bit more homogenous. Um, I have to have to go with my heart. Um, so number ten, uh, what remains of Edith Finch? Oh, hey, um, just a game dragged down by a basically by an ending that I think is a bit weak. Uh, but the game itself I find like deeply emotional in a, in a way that like, so that there's an incredible, um, there's an incredible thread on the waypoint forums. Um, you know, I'm going to bleep out where it is cause I don't want to put the person on blast. Um, <laughs> but there's an incredible thread on the internet, um, that is like, uh, are there any books like night in the woods and Kentucky route zero? <laughs> um, and that person's about to have their day made. Uh, and what remains of Edith Finch is kind of like that. And it's like, it's just a, like, you know, it's a non-remarkable, like for a book, it's like a non-remarkable magical realism book, right? Like it's just one of these, but it's in, it's incredibly realized through its play. Uh, it's very emotional. Like it's broad, but it hit me very hard. And I, I just loved it. You know, don't have anything like in depth to say, but that's my take. Um, number nine, Pikmin 3. Yeah, this almost made my list and then ended up not doing so. so. Um, I feel like Pikmin's slightly more... Just just because I like time management, I'm just a little bit more in the Pikmin quarter than you, but it's well, high up. The thing, the thing happened here is that both uh, Super Mario 3D Land and Pikmin 3 would make it on this list if I just wanted to admit that I'm Nintendo trash forever, yes. but I didn't want to do that. That Those... Uh, 
3D Land is not on this list, but was also competing for a spot. Yes. <laughs> for me. Um, but Pikmin 3 is incredible. It's my, the only Pikmin game I've played. Uh, the sense of, like, one, the, like, very light time management stuff um, and how that interacts with, like, okay, I'm going to get my Pikmin into doing these simple tasks in the most efficient manner possible and the fruit is just beautiful. <laughs> like... It's it's all you want from games. Uh, it's very satisfying, very good. Um, where's Pikmin Four? <laughs> He's working on it. He's been working on it f- since Pikmin Three came out in a room somewhere. Will we ever yeah, see it? Probably. Who knows? No, never. Yeah, no. Um, number seven is B Swing. Oh hey, podcast hey. classic. Podcast classic. Um, B Swing's fantastic. I don't have much to say about it. It is. Um, uh, a Jack King Spooner game from, I think... Well, I don't know when it was from. 2014? 2015? Uh, definitely around the middle of the decade. Uh, about going to your Scottish hometown and meeting people. Um, it's beautiful. Like, the aesthetic's really cool. Uh, it's got a very, uh, you know, a, a, a sadness that resonated with me. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Um, I'd recommend everyone play that game. You know, uh, I just think it's very good. <laughs> All these games are very good. Uh, it, 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 the, the sense of like place in that game is excellent. Like I've been to, you know, I've been to Scotland. I've, uh, I've been to places like this. There are towns in England that feel very similar, you know, um, and it captures the, uh, the sense of a like poor small town perfectly, and the the sadness. But like, the, there's a sadness to that, but a sadness that like is like shared, and the sharing of that is just a part of the culture. Uh, it's good. I think about the scene with the the bird all the time. <laughs> um, number four is Virginia. No, yeah. number number not number four. This list is backwards because of how this works in <laughs> number six. <laughs> okay. I can't I can't get Google Docs to go count downwards. Unfortunately, <laughs> great. Uh, number six is Virginia. Um, yeah, which is another one of you know those style of, of games like like Gone Home where you walk around. This is not it's not quite that. It's more you know it's more a big budget. Uh, Thirty Flights of Loving is what it's usually referred to. It's it does a lot with the the cutting um, and the montages in first person, um, but it's definitely a story told to you in first person game. Uh, and I I think it's I just think it's very good. I am um, like I don't I haven't like you know I haven't watched Twin Peaks which is dumb of me i need to have by this point uh but i like you know haven't haven't seen x files and not really as familiar with the reference points of it um so i assume if i was i would i would find it a little bit more rote is my guess because i know it's just riffing on those things Mm. um but I, i just i just found it like a very uh very good reduction of a lot of like ideas of those kind of procedurals, at least the ones I've seen, not those ones specifically, right? But like those kind of procedurals and these kind of stories uh, into this silent short montage. Uh, it has a fantastic ending, um, a brand of ending that me and Em love every time it shows up. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, and it was just a very you know, it's really nice when you play a video game. It's ninety minutes long, and you came come away like really emotionally filled. <laughs> It's really all I'm looking for from games. That or 40-hour RPGs. No in-between. <laughs> yeah. Which brings us to number five. Abzu. Uh, 
Abzu is the game that is Journey but underwater, which undersells it because Journey is like a really big popular game, not on this list. Uh, I think it's great, but I think Abzu is better uh, because while um, Journey is like mostly remembered for its sense of like the the narrative and the you know the connection with the person and i think that's like all handled well there uh the joy in abzu is just how good it feels to swim underwater uh the sense of like the sense of motion underwater is unmatched because every game that has a swimming mode it kind of feels bad there's very few games like about swimming um you know uh and so just the joy of swimming through these environments getting into the like the the rushes of the fish and moving with the current it's it's really good and it's also like 90 minutes long uh another game that i would recommend everyone play because i feel like this one went a bit under the radar uh like there was talk before it about mesa's going to be the next journey it didn't catch on in that way um but Mm. i think it's i think it's fantastic and that's my um my recommendation here uh uh number five uh is the number two game from this uh, that i played this year uh, it is Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Um, I played uh, the Kingdom Hearts games up to here uh, earlier this year in a like futile attempt to catch up with you know, the discourse. I didn't make it because you know I started too late and there was a lot going on in my life. Uh, but I I really um, disliked Kingdom Hearts Two. I think Kingdom Hearts Two is a very cool game to play, but its 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 themes are bad, and they're bad in this ignorant way that is like it's i'm trying to do this without spoilers but it's basically it's reaching for things that it isn't even like cognizant of what it's talking about and birth by sleep and to a lesser extent uh 350 over two days are like some of the best examples of like franchise introspection digging itself out of a hole i've ever seen Mm -hmm. Uh, and the way that it those two games and then birth by sleep like being like a really good one reframe kingdom hearts into something interesting into something expansive and something you can really like invest in just really surprised me with how much i thought oh two was like a fun action game but it was dumb and didn't understand itself uh and they you know by this point it's like no they 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 are going somewhere they have turned it around that i it's very rare to see a game do it like that directly like you know a series that get better but it got better like directly by talking about that the themes that were bad uh it, like you know it star trek itself right in the way that you know there's a lot of star trek episodes that are talking about themes of earlier episodes but it's all the work of one person basically not you know not one person but it's you know led by a gaming figurehead or tour whatever like you know not to uh justify that as a way to look at it but it is a auto-led franchise in the way that people talk about Kojima or whatever uh it's not like it changed teams um and they did a great job so i i, I love Buff my sleep i think that the terror stuff is my favorite stuff in kingdom hearts um and the multiple playthrough stuff is like really interesting that i forgive it for having to go through uh that one platforming room three times what a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's good yeah that's how you know it's good number four i'm not gonna say much because you said basically everything i needed to say tacoma Oh yeah, uh, it's the best one of that style of games. The conversation system is j- just incredible. Uh, the way you listen back to recordings and like get a sense of the space and the relationships with the people there is perfect. Um, I would love to see more games riff on that. They never will. It's too expensive, but bless them for making this game. Yeah. Um, number three uh, is the room two. Oh hey, uh, which. 
is a iOS puzzle game. It's also on PC now. Again, I don't know how you do that, um, but I know they do. Uh, it is a puzzle game, sequel to the first game, The Room, uh, which is about uh, it's you know it's it's not it's not a um like locked room mystery rooms type game it's like that inverse there's a box the first game there's a box on a table and you have to unlock the box by messing with like things and keys and finding just like solving little puzzles uh the room two is slightly more expansive in scope there's multiple rooms and the solutions are more uh about abstract space or uh and abstract are more about concrete space but like the solutions are not necessarily find a key that fits this hole it's like change something in this room's like you know in this piece of the furniture that could match with this thing and that'll change it's much more expansive resident evil puzzle designs but meshed into like a tiny uh you know phone game um that's all the puzzle interactions there's no movement it's all just the most pure uh and um distilled injection of that kind of puzzle design that you can find um the room three is not as good because it blows it up a bit too big and it loses that finesse room old sins is also very good though that's a uh also a bigger game but it gets the the scope a little better i think uh but yeah. that's a, that is a series of four games that are all fantastic the room two is just the best one um i recommend everyone play them if you have a phone yes i assume you have a phone <laughs> or a computer they're on steam uh, I think up to three now. Yeah. About They're making a VR game now, which uh, I consider to be a betrayal. Oh, yeah, no, that's class violence. Like, you're up against the wall if you make a VR game. So, sorry. So sorry. I don't make the rules. <laughs> yeah. um, number two is Sibel, uh, a game I didn't expect to love as much as I did. Because I, like... I was convinced you were going to hate that game. Yeah. Which is very funny, all things considered. I mean, like, the time it first came out, 2015, I was, like, going through some rough things in a much more, like, young person just be- stopping being a teenager way. Um, it's been a long five years. Uh, but um, coming back to it, or for the first time, uh, I played it last year, the end of last year. It was no- our November... It was part of our November 2018 gamography, I think we did. That was the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and I was just taken aback by how much I loved it. Um, I think it's a really uh, assured and sad and hopeful game about like looking back at things that suck um, in a way that allows you space to like have the complicated emotions about them, right? Like, it is not a game about being in a bad relationship and that being a bad time, even though it is on its surface level. It is a game about having a thing in your past that <laughs> you look back on it in like in multiple ways and how you navigate that and allow yourself to feel these conflicting feelings. And all of that's okay because you're a person and that's how experiences work. Uh, it's just very good. Um, and um, I really loved it. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's, uh, that's my number two. And my number one... <laughs> <laughs> the game the game of the decade yes it's thumper oh some might say the second best game <laughs> of the decade. Like, thump, thump i think i even dismissed it at the time but then i realized that all my best games of the decade were made in the 2000s or the 90s but i think yeah. of all, like profound experiences i've had this decade uh but game made this decade thumper is the most for me thing in existence uh because it's a game about what it means to do drumming and not in that it's like a rock band game it's you know it's a game about a pulse a beat it is uh just 
exhausting in the very refreshing way um my my only complaint is the way it approaches score i think the idea of it being like a game about getting perfect is just backwards it is a game about completely locking in with the uh with the pulse of the music um it is not a game about success or failure it's just like an emotive state i lock into when i play thumper um i i have not played it since i moved so i should i should try that now that i can (laughs) i'm not in a flat (laughs) i can really turn up the bass but it's uh, I I I deeply love Thumper. It's no Res. Oh, it's better than Res. No, don't think so. But Res didn't come out this decade, unfortunately. Um, Res. So if my games that I had were new to me this decade were of the caliber of the games that I played this decade from the, if the other list is was the same caliber of game as this list, Res would make it on. Like if Res was better than the games I just said. <laughs> Mm. Uh, but uh, some of the new to me games like, I had barely played anything before we started this podcast <laughs> that's the real trick like this list is is ridiculous that I'm about to give in a way that yours just can't be no absolutely not it was actually really hard to put together the list <laughs> yep um, so do you want to move on to the last the last list yeah So our last lists here are the 10 best games that were new to us this decade, uh, but we're not from this decade, which means old games, which means this list is very difficult for me because a lot of the games that we played, I'd played before Yes, because I'm older than Jackson by a good number of years and have been playing video games for as long as I've been alive. Uh, it makes it difficult. Uh, it's partially age and partially just before we started the podcast i had just been a 360 game i didn't yeah but also like because i grew up in the 90s i touched every major classic game because gaming was different back then i had an xbox when the ps2 was around so i didn't touch any of the games that mattered (laughs) 
Yeah, Except I played Ninja every Gaiden. major release for the SNES and PS1 and 64 and, you know, yeah. like I played them all. Um, anyway, that makes this difficult uh, for me, but I, I did put together a list. This is unordered, and I'm going to start with the cheating one that is technically not from before this decade, but I don't care. No one can stop me. It's my goddamn list. I don't care. And that is Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. It's a great game. It is of uh, the big boss Metal Gear, I think the perfect distillation of the appeal of playing as that character mm-hmm. um because it's it's fun and it's liberating and you feel powerful and cool because Big Boss is in a state where he's powerful and cool. He's making a nation. <laughs> yep. That should be cool. Because the whole thing is that the dream has to be alluring if you want to rebel against it or fight against it because you realize that it's a libertarian nightmare. Um, and that's a thing that Metal Gear Solid 5 deeply does not understand. No. Um, and so you get this uh, amazing OVA Metal Gear coda because at this point, you would be safe to assume that Metal Gear was basically over because they had wrapped everything up. And here you are as big boss in the 70s going around having an adventure with your friends. You've got like a, a young girl hanging out and she's becomes an idol and it's weird and goofy shit's happening all the time. You've invented Doritos and Mountain Dew, but the Patriots are going to suppress that from history <laughs> because they can't know that big boss made Doritos and Mountain Dew. It's an amazing game. It's, it's beautiful and stupid in all the ways that Metal Gear is good at being beautiful and stupid. Yes. It ends, like the actual ending after you finish the video game, it ends really poorly in a way that gestures towards the future of Metal Gear being very bad. Um, But while you're in it, I think the story it's telling about strange love and the AIs and fucking Huey is (laughs) interesting and fun and cool and really captures like the thing that Metal Gear never was great at, which was showing you big bosses like appeal mm-hmm. outside of the legendary soldier. He needs to be a character that is like mythic to aspire to for people. And I believe that liquid snake wants to go and invent the future mountain dew and Doritos. I believe the ocelot wants that looking at this game. I d- never believed it before or since, but this time I believe. Yeah. Uh, the, like, the, the first, not the ending, the first, like, final boss sequence of cutscenes that the, in the, the part where the game's good. I think probably are my favorite Metal Gear cutscenes in anything. Um, it just does things that those games don't ever do, right? Like, Big Boss is a character in those that the game, the, the other games are so focused on the idea that all the twists are happening to you and those jokes about how much of an idiot Sort of Snake is all the time. Um, and the way that Big Boss is just able to be a person with wants and expressing emotion as a ridiculous climax is happening that's involving like lots of other people and other places because it can just do cuts because it's a movie. Uh, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, my next game, Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Fathers. Yeah. Which is the first Gabriel Knight game from 1993. Um, I, this year, this decade, I guess, is defined in large part by me getting really into adventure games. Um, and Gabriel Knight is one of the best ones, uh, of this vintage because despite being a multi-verb, like one of the complicated ones, um, just flows really well, has a really good mystery at the core of it. Um, because it's in the modern day and is relatively sedate, everything flows logically of who you're going to talk to and what you're going to do. Uh, 
Gabriel Knight is just a goofy dirtbag that you'd love to hate because he sucks so much. Uh, with his dumb southern draw that is incredibly fake and bad. Um, uh, you know, if you go and play this now, uh, it, it's about a white guy investigating a voodoo mystery, and that's a loaded thing and is a bit of a mess, and I recognize that. Uh, but I do think that one of the things that video games, despite often being themed around mysteries are really bad at, is presenting actual mysteries to untangle and solve. And uh, Gabriel Knight is a really compelling one of those, one of the best ones that I've ever seen, and easily find its way on this list yeah um my next game on this list talking about adventure games is full throttle um gabriel knight expansive uh difficult uh long and winding full throttle is an amazing three-hour story about being a biker and fucking hating capitalism and getting it done and the cartoon nature of this story of like revenge and noir and vaguely post-apocalyptic Southwest America on your bike is really fun and funny. I think it's the best Tim Schafer game by like a mile. I think it all works. I think the voice acting is really good. I think the story it tells is uh, like one of the good video game romances in the way that it all plays out. Um, I think we, I think I covered this with Heather for a segment. You did. So you can go back in our game gallery and find where we talked about this, but, uh, Full Throttle is a game that really stuck with me. I think it's just good. Grim Fandango, I think, is a better game, but also Grim Fandango has puzzles that are fucking terrible. Also, it's too long and you gotta backtrack forever. None of that in Full Throttle. Full Throttle is just the most playable game that you could hope for from the genre. Yes. Number seven, uh, was covered not on this podcast but on novel not new and that is portopia serial murder case all video games have to apologize <laughs> yeah so um listen to that episode uh if you want and so this is a it was a pc game i think we played the nest version um that has like an english dub because it never came out over here um but it is a visual novel slash adventure game of you solving a murder in Japan in the 80s. You know, it, it was contemporary at the time. And just going around talking to people, doing police work. And it, you'd think that'd be like the most obtuse thing in the world. And it's just not. It's like short. It's pretty straightforward. There's plenty of walkthroughs if you don't like that style of game uh, necessarily. You're like, that's not for me. You still should see it out because what it reveals is that they've been making the same <laughs> kind of game for 30 years yeah. uh, there, there was a plot point because i didn't play the game so i can't put it on my list but being on the other end of the skype calls talking like through that game with you one of my favorite games of the decade oh oh uh it's really good i was surprised at how approachable it was and um it, it like validates the abnormal mapping ethos of go back and play the old stuff mm -hmm. and see what's there because i would have never thought that this game would just been cool and like revealing and it was both so uh, highly recommended excellent number six we love katamari we do on this are we recording this like a week away from wadham finally being released uh check out game of the year 2020 <laughs> probably not probably probably wadham but i will like wadham regardless uh we love katamari is probably the best katamari game you said this back when we did the game and i was like no absolutely not it's the best katamari um, game. it's on my list re as well, revisiting so like. revisiting katamari damasi and we love katamari i was like no you know what jackson's right um it's just good i think the refinements it makes the katamari are like really interesting and worthwhile needed to be done um 
it's got a bigger amount of sh- shit to collect, which is all you really want in Katamari. Um, the levels are just good. It's pleasant. The soundtrack rules. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's hard to say it just, they made Katamari, but better, but they made Katamari, but better. It's easy to like dismiss. We love Katamari because of like Takahashi's comments about it. Right. And how he didn't want to make a sequel. Um, but it was, it's not like he didn't like show up and do his fucking best for it. That game yeah. rules. He put everything yes. into it. Uh, the personality of it is just choice. Uh, the next game on my list, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse. Unfortunately, all the Egovanias are forbidden from being on my list because I played them all well before this decade as they were coming out. But classic Castlevania was a thing that eluded me until I started doing Castlevania for our YouTube shows that don't exist anymore. Um, and Castlevania 3 is so clearly just the best version of NES Castlevania. Maybe the best Nintendo game that has ever been made um specifically get a hold of the famicom version with the the better soundtrack get it through you know you have to fiddle with your emulator make sure it plays properly but um this vision of castlevania that is like sprawling with multiple branches and multiple characters and everything sounds and looks just so incredible like the final it's like the final statement of what the nes was good at um in kind of the same way, like, I think Kirby's Dreamland is, like, another one of those, but in, like, the opposite direction, um, where everything is very cartoony and colorful. This is just, like, how many background tiles do you think the NES can do? It's going to do three times more than that in every screen. Um, and it's so amazing to go through this, like, super vision of Dracula's castle that, in many ways, to me, is, like, more impressive even than, like, Symphony of the Night, which is, like, very elaborate and very beautiful, but... There's something so strange about seeing it rendered so incredibly in the NES version when I'm so used to seeing Castlevania 1. Castlevania is my idea of what Castlevania is. Um, the Dracula's Curse just manages to be so much more and so overwhelming in its complexity and interest, despite the fact that it's still Castlevania where jump sucks and Medusa heads are going to ruin you and you fall down pits and it's hard as balls, but it's really good about it. Wouldn't want to ever any other way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, my next game on the list, uh, maybe a controversial pick, but I think about it all the time is Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. I think that's a fair pick, especially because uh, you've played like all the Final Fantasies. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Um, if you go back to our episode about it, uh, the, the big disclaimer here is the back third of this game is fucking terrible and racist in so many degrees. Uh, so just forget about that. The thing that matters, the thing that I think about all the time is just nighttime in in California, just walking down the streets, going into diners as the music plays, uh, these abandoned like city streets that are never populated, but feel like not just like real spaces, but like the television of the era. Like it feels like this kind of media, this post matrix angels on the air kind of world where anything is possible as long as it's real dumb and supernatural. Um, and that vision of vampire where you're just kind of solving mysteries low key, uh, like in the convenience stores and dance halls of the world is fantastic. And a thing I don't expect that the sequel is going to capture great because that's not what video games are interested in anymore. But that's the thing I think about when I think about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines and why I'm like really down on the idea of making a new one in the modern era. Is the new uh, vampire game going to have anything like even half as good as the bit where you have to go down to the snuff films guy's basement 
and they know that you know exactly what the quest is so they add like three extra stairways and every time you think you're coming into the room it's another stairway yes <laughs> uh, it's it's good yeah i can't disagree with this even if i think that game's a whole mess it is it is a whole goddamn mess <laughs> cannot uh cannot deny that but lacroix is the biggest value in games yeah. Uh, my next favorite game, Planescape Torment. I think anyone who's a longtime listener will know that this was a game that literally changed how I think about video games um, and what I wanted out of them. Yep. Um, it's weird now because we're the kind of people who will dunk on Chris Avalon all day for being ridiculous and often very bad with his politics and worldview. Um, remains to be seen how his fascism simulators coming out uh, <laughs> 2020 will tell, hopefully. 2021 yes. will tell, hopefully. Um, but um, Planescape Torment's still a game that like rem- like told me that video games could tell stories differently than how I thought was possible. And a new emphasis on like valuing role play in a... Like, as someone who grew up with JRPGs, the idea of role-playing is not a thing in the RPGs, right? Yes. It's not what not what you're interested in, but Planescape's all about that. It's all about defining your character and interacting with people in ways that I had not... Even playing, like, Mass Effect had not conceived of before, because that's left-trigger, right-trigger, but for morality, um, which is bad. Yeah, like, um, Planescape is, you get to a moral question and there are 11 answers. <laughs> yeah, there are 11 <laughs> answers, and I like three of them, and I still have to pick one. Um, but none of them are like, I'm like, oh, that's, that's like a bad, why would you even put that in here? Like, I know why you put all of them in here. And that's also interesting and good. Um, and our, you know, we've referred to it many, many times as we've played a bunch of games, but just for unlocking a whole genre and a way of thinking about games for me, uh, Planescape Torment is definitely like one of the foundational games we've done for abnormal mapping, but also just a game that I love and think about all the time. Um. Will I ever play Tides of Numenara? Who can say? Who can say? Yeah, Planescape Torment's the one game I'd cut off my list because I didn't want too many duplicates. Uh, mm. But it, you know, it was on there. Uh, number two, speaking of foundational abnormal mapping games, Doom. Didn't cut this one. Motherfucking <laughs> Doom. It's fucking Doom. Uh if you go back to the very early episodes of this podcast, I talk at great length about how I like every video game but shooters. Um, Doom put that to shame and revealed to me that I just hadn't played the right ones yet. Uh, because Doom is one of the best video games ever made. It's just up and down like it's a Stone Cold classic. I play Doom right now. Shit. Yes, same. Um, I, is there any other game that can be uh, as more I'd play that right now than Doom? Like, no, I can't think of a single one. It's just so instantly exactly what it is. You don't have to like. Yeah. There's no ramp. There's nothing. It's it's doom. It's fucking doom. It's doom. Um, uh, and like I've gone back to doom since we played it many years Same. ago, and I've played all the other dooms, and none of the other dooms are anywhere close to fucking doom. Um, we should try some more ones. Yeah, they've been they've been they've been failures in various directions. I you know like I think Doom Two is interesting but too confusing. I think Doom Three is interesting but too slow. And I think Doom Four is a bad fucking video game. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? Uh, but Doom will continue to provide uh, just running fast, avoiding things, exploring mazes, shooting fucking demons. Um, it seems like it should be too simple and that's why it's good like i look at my love of doom and i'm like is this just like 
am I just overlooking like the criticism? Like, am I not being critical enough of Doom just being like an experience? But who cares? It's fun. <laughs> it's good. They made the best shooter in 1993. Yeah, like... at some point you just have to like admit that the game is more fun than any fucking thing I'm going to play in the next five years. And that's sad, but it's true. Doom it's will true. always be there if I want to play it. Doom's not going anywhere. It's six megabytes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and then the last game on this list, again, not ordered, no, no, no. Uh, is Final Fantasy IV, which is a game that I had played before this decade, but yes. when we played it for Abnormal Mapping, was like I had played it for the first time because that experience was so different than my opinion of Final Fantasy IV when I was younger. When I was a teen, and was like, this has no story, and it sucks, and it's slow, and I don't like it, and it's too hard, and all the other things that one can say about Final Fantasy IV, and they're not unfair things to say about Final Fantasy IV, um, didn't matter. And what I got was the perfect loop of the things I appreciate about JRPGs, where I go to a new space and it's difficult and I fight my way through and the numbers go up and then I feel powerful and then some story happens and it's funny or it's, you know, it's beautiful, uh, in terms of like a set piece, you know, given the limitations of what Final Fantasy 4 is. And then I go to the next place and I'm immediately getting kicked in the dick all over again. Um, yep. and you just do that for 40 hours. Actually, in this case, like 25 hours because it's fucking short. Uh, and, that's the video game. The numbers go up and you save the world. And what more could you ask for? Well, I love Final for? Fantasy IV so much. Yeah. No, we were like talking about this. Uh, I remember a month ago and you're like, uh, don't know what to do about the new for me. Like I played Final, all the Final Fantasies before and I was like, you have to put four on. Like you, four yeah. changed you in a way that I yeah, no, didn't it, realize. Yeah, and when I think about what I want out of a JRPG at this point, it is a game like Final Fantasy IV. Like, I want enough story and characters that I can, like, there are people I like in the cast, there's people I don't like as much in the cast. Like, I don't give a shit about Edge. He sucks. Um, but Sassel's story is great. I think it's a foundation, like, it is foundational to all JRPGs, and... Uh, I think it still works when you're willing to address it on its own terms. Like, yeah, it's not long cutscenes and it's a very underwritten game because the air came out in, but I think it still mostly works and, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty fantastic. I like Final Fantasy IV a lot. Have they made better than Final Fantasy IV? Yes. But Final Fantasy VIII, I've played so many times it could not be on this list. <laughs> yes. Have they made a game better at doing the thing that Final Fantasy IV does than Final Fantasy IV? Absolutely not. <laughs> dragon quest 4 but that's about it that is not since final fantasy 4 yeah i don't remember what year dragon quest 4 came out so. definitely earlier because all the first okay. three dragon quest games are all nes games no falls oh, the yeah. nes as well i think is it really yeah, well think, the version i played was the ds one i'm i think uh, the first chapter of the chosen version is on the nes which i found out and i was like what are you ch man drank i should see what that looks like because that's impressive uh, unless I remember that wrong. I'm actually going to look it up. No, case. you're correct. 1990. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that is my list for uh, new to me, old games of the decade. Um, it's a hard list. I Honestly, if we last another decade, I'm not going to be able to put another list together. So. Um, and now you've played, you've played all the video games. That's not true. You've not played all of them, but you've, you've hit a lot of the points. Yeah. It would be, it would be me putting games that like, I feel good about. But not best of the decade good. Honestly, I'm not sure you'll be able to do another one of these lists either, so. Uh, no, because there'll be a lot of things I missed this decade. Like, I can see Breath oh, of the Wild true. going on there. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, I guess we'll do another musical break and then I'll come back with mine.
Okay, and now is my best games uh, that I were new to me this decade. The games I played this decade didn't come out this decade. There are like, some way more like obvious heavy hitters here because I had have not played. You know, uh, how like, old were you when this decade started, Jackson? When the decade started, yeah, I was sixteen, and you had an Xbox. So and I had an Xbox. Um, and I had had an Xbox 360 for two years, and all that was that, the, that, had, that's it. Like you didn't have any others. You had Xbox. Well, no, I, ha- I had an Xbox original since I know 2003. It's not like you ever had any other system. So I had a SNES for a night. That doesn't count. I don't count it. Guess the one SNES game uh, I played before it broke, and then it was thrown out. Mario Kart. No, I'm British. Guess the one SNES game I played. Oh, some sort of, like, PES or something. I don't fucking know what game it is. Sensible Soccer. World, thank you! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Wait, here's a question. Yeah. What does the sensible mean? Uh, it's the company. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to start mine with the duplicates, because there's, uh, I think, three. Um, okay. Planescape would have been on here, but, um, uh, you know, just chose to cut that one because uh, I wanted another RPG on this list instead. Uh, but the duplicates are, first off, We Love Katamari. Excellent game. It's yeah. Katamari, but better. Uh, something they haven't been able to do since. <laughs> um, and, you know, we think we think he's at it all. Uh, Doom. It's Doom. It's fucking Doom. You, you simply cannot get better than that. <laughs> I haven't found one yet. And the final duplicate, Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Hell yeah. Uh, it's one of the best action games ever made. It really is. It really is. <laughs> like, it was made in 1989, and it's, like, there. Top 10 action games, Castlevania 3, it's got to be on it. Uh, uh, I, it was not made in 1999. 1998? 1989? I, I, I meant actually year, but it's definitely it was published in 1989 in Japan, 1990 in America. You don't want the American one. I definitely don't. I played the one with the yep. real music. God, that music's good. Um, yeah, it really is. But yes, uh, I feel like you you covered those three pretty well. Uh, they're fantastic yeah. games. Uh, and this is completely unordered. Uh, I didn't, didn't worry about ordering these because it's, it's just really hard. <laughs> um, yeah. Dead Rising uh, is the next one for me. Um which, much like Final Fantasy IV, is a game that I, is a game I had played in 2006, but didn't get very far in it. Because guess what? I had a tiny television. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I fell victim to the not being able to read a single bit of text in Dead Rising. Um, and I played it for the first time in 2016, like all the way through properly. Uh, and I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, the sense of place in that mall was incredible. Um, the like sense of time management and barely getting to do all the things is really good. Like uh, the it's it's like it's not like a cart life type game, right? Like it's not a game about the failure. It's a game about getting powerful enough to do it. Like it's a game about you hit max level and then you can finally do it all perfectly. Um, yes, 
which is deeply satisfying to me. Very frustrating to people who actually like realize you have to play the game six times before you can get to that point because like you know it's not a game for humans. I understand this. Uh, Dead Rising. Uh, a lot of people like Dead Rising. They're just not me. Sure, but Dead Rising Two is like the same game. It's it's got a lot of minor changes that I think are like worse, but not in ways that pertain to this discussion. But the the main big change is that the arc of that game is I played that game starting at level one, didn't restart it once, and I got every single mission. Like it was tight sometimes, but I got every single survivor no problem. Uh, in Dead mm. Rising 2. Didn't miss a single deadline. Um, whereas that's just not possible in Dead Rising 3 unless you're like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the, the chainsaws. I'm going to do this. And like, I feel like the reward for getting good at understanding that game is very satisfying in a way that... Uh, there's a lot of games that get to that point, right? Where you, like, you, know, you play through Link to the Past enough times and it's just bam, 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 bam. Um, but I feel like Dead Rising is a game about getting to that point in a much more intentional way. So which which one do I want to do next? I'm gonna do uh, the best game I played this year, uh, which is Killer Seven. Oh hell yeah! Um, I thought about putting Resident Evil Four on this list, but you know, playing Killer Seven this year kind of took that slot away from it. Uh, I I should also like... who could, who could say what decade Resident Evil Four would come out in? It it, it will still come out next decade. <laughs> We are always having Resident Evil 4 come out. Um, uh, I think Killer 7 is, like, incredible. Uh, the sense of, like, spatial progression being distilled into the, like, on-rails shooter parts is one of the most, like, holy shit, genius game design decisions I've seen. Like, my love of that game has nothing to do with its lore or its story. It's entirely the, like, reduction of Resident Evil game design into something... Um, like that just feels like instant moving around that map is instant um and it's very satisfying the puzzles are good the space is good um we're in a tight spot <laughs> it's all good and like the plot is good like i'm not saying that like, the uh mood and atmosphere isn't good i just think that that's you know it's one of the most smartly designed games i've ever played and uh that's the part that i don't see talked up as much um i see people trying to explain the meaning of harlan or whatever <laughs> i'm like yeah whatever but I, yeah, Kill 7. Fantastic game. I, the thing I'm always surprised in, because that's who it was when I played the game the first time, is I'm amazed our episode is not about the, like, big themes and what it all means. And we just talk about the design and how cool everything fucking is. I I like that, because you really can get lost in the weeds with that game. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I was coming in expecting that, like, digging, yeah. trying to dig into some of the more... Con- so, but then as I got to, like, the second episode and it became more episodic, I was like, oh, this doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, but I, I've definitely seen, like, thousands of words, essays, been like, okay, I'm here to tell you the, like, levels of spiritual metaphor the the shooting game about the, you know, <laughs> ridiculous assassins is, is working on. Yeah. Um... But yes, no, very glad to have finally played Killer 7. Uh, the, the actual answer is that, like, remake, Resident Evil 1 remake, uh, should be my favorite game of all time in terms of, like, game design stuff, but I'm too much of a baby. Uh, yeah, I wish you weren't because. It um, really would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, it really would be. Because uh, it's, it's one of the best games ever made. Yeah. One day. One day I will go back and, you know, <laughs> not do the but thing where I said- Also, people could just go and find the video where you get scared <laughs> by the title screen and it's the best thing that's ever happened. I do. I do. But the, I need to just tell people the thing that happened with me and Resident Evil is that I 
psyched myself out into the one of the biggest Resident Evil scares ever that should never happen. Because I said on Easy, and one of the things that Easy does is it turns off Crimson Heads completely. But I knew Crimson Heads were in the game, so I burned the Crimson Head uh, and the, like, the first one you fall that's scripted but doesn't activate in the easy mode but burning it activated crimson heads into easy mode so then all of the places that were safe and had been for way longer than the activation time so i thought i was just fine uh was suddenly not safe scared the shit out of me hoisted 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 in every possible way um which wouldn't have happened if i was just normal about it and played the game even if with crimson heads yes Uh, so very funny there um, okay, which one do I want to pick next? You know what? I think I want to say Legends of Zelda Link's Awakening. Not too much to say oh, here, yeah. because we just did an episode on it uh, last time, yeah. but I'm I'm specifically talking about the uh, old version of the game. I think the, the new version's like a valid version to play. I don't like, dislike it, but my first playthrough was a few years ago. Uh, I played it right after replaying Link to the Past, which I had played on the like episode we did, but I wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Didn't hit the first time, but the second time hit real hard. And then Link's yeah. Awakening was just a such a beautiful distilling of everything I liked about both Link to the Past and Zelda 1 into a much more approachable, much more uh, emotional and interesting format. And the puzzles are good. The world's good. It's just it's the best one of those Zelda games. Um, yeah. And I love it. And then Jackson stopped and has never played a Zelda since. I didn't stop. I tried with Ocarina of Time. <laughs> I just need to push my way through Ocarina of Time. Um. Uh, next I want to think I'm going to say Mega Man 6. Hell yeah. Unpopular Mega Man, but for bad reasons. Unpopular Mega Man. And I will accept that like Mega Man 2 and 3 are like more, um, you know, important games. Oh, they're definitely... 2 especially is like an important game. I yeah. 3 is like the one everyone played because 2 was so popular. It's like, you know, I don't think it adds anything to Mega Man, really. Yeah, um... But uh, six, I do. I do know what ads mechanics don't at me. I understand. I've played all these games like six times each. Shut up. Is three, the one that adds the slide. I don't remember. <laughs> is that, is one of them. One of them doesn't have the charge slot. One of them doesn't have the slide. Uh, like the, um, the order. Two of, doesn't have a charge. Two doesn't have a charge. That uh, I don't fucking. I'm gonna be wrong. Whatever I say is gonna be wrong. I well, know that's true. I played through the Mega Man games on the channel. Six has both of them, and thus it's the best one. <laughs> yeah, so six has also, both of them. No one played it because it came out in 1993 for the regular ass <laughs> Nintendo. It's ludicrous. Uh, but the reason I like six um, is that it's just a victory lap for NES Mega Man. I played all yes. those games. I didn't expect the final one to be the one I liked the most. I should be running out of ideas by that point. And they kind of are. Like, the you know, the, it doesn't have the classic boss designs. But in terms of the sense of, like, level design, pacing, the, like, moment-to-moment flow of a Mega Man game, they, they've got, they know exactly... They've got it. They've nailed it. Uh, and it was um, much easier than 5, which had some, like, weird spikes in it. Uh, and it just like felt like like very relaxed. Like, oh, this is it. It's our last ride with uh, this series I love. Um, I'm glad I played through all those Mega Man games in that very dumb way I did with the with the series. Uh, and it's given me just a lot of affection for NES Mega Man in a way that uh, I just didn't expect to have. I've played uh, Mega Man X and some of Mega Man X too, and I just I don't like it as much. There's like a sense of real joy to the platforming and the spaces that is lost when you go grim dark. <laughs> Um, yeah. Also, I think that the wall jump. I don't. I don't like the wall jump. I know it works in Mega Man X, and like it doesn't feel bad. But I think that the like spatial flow of a Mega Man level is uh is just just you know. I I got real used to it. I like the I like Mega Man. I like I like I like the NES Mega Man games. Okay, and now 
I think we've got only three left. Um, and I'll begin uh, with Earthbound. Hell yes. Um, this was the one that Planescape was up against. I was like, you know, um, you'll say Planescape, so I should I should say Earthbound because you can't. Uh, yeah, no, I cannot. But Earth, Earthbound's like a, a genuinely one of the greatest RPGs ever. I see people talk about how like Chrono Trigger still is the de facto obviously best RPG on the Shaking SNES. my head into the mic as violently as I can without making noise. The idea that you like, like anyone could look me directly in the eye and tell me that the best SNES RPG is anything other than Earthbound, you're just lying. Yeah. You're just lying. Yeah. Final Fantasy IV, eat shit. You're no Earthbound. <laughs> right. Like, there's, there's amazing SNES games, and, you know, um, Earthbound's popularity is somewhat... It like it feels like it should be overhyped, right? Like, the people can be obnoxious about Earthbound in certain ways, but it's... Yeah, it's, they sure can. It's not a lie. It really is that good. Uh, it's sense... Like, it's understanding in a time when, like, RPGs were just, just about to become, like, either ludicrous number games or ludicrous like extravagant story games it's understanding that rpgs are about beautiful evocative spaces and small interactions with people uh is like very striking um it's under it understands what makes the genre good better than any other rpg even if there's rpgs on this list that i'm about to say that i like more <laughs> uh, yeah no that's fair but i i just think i think that's true um and uh Earthman's great which brings us to the top two. Uh, couldn't be anything else. Uh, even though this is technically unordered, but it had to be these. Um, first up, Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, I played through all the Metal Gear Solid games in one summer uh, and wrote too many words about them because I was currently not at school. That was my like unemployed year. Um, and that's what I did with it. What a dumb thing to do. But I got in the hyperbolic ch- time chamber and I played all the Metal Gear games and I came out a hardened veteran and I think they're all fantastic. It was a toss-up between 2 and 3, but I think that like my love of 3's like, stealth design wins out. Um, the one difference that, that me and M have when it comes to Metal Gear is I really like the stealth gameplay uh, in a way that I just don't think you latched onto. Like, not the thing is bad, right? Just not what you're there for. Um Yeah. But I think that the sense of like spatial progression through the jungle in three, uh, the moment to moment set piece building, the like plot, it doesn't have the like massive ideas of, of two, but it's a perfect sequel to a game that you shouldn't be able to make a sequel for. No wonder every game since has been terrible, except Peace Walker, but you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be good and it's amazing and I love it. Uh, if they had like if Kojima had just stopped Metal Gear then it would be like the best mic drop in video games but alas he couldn't help himself (laughs) no could not Um, which brings us to uh, the the best game of the decade that I played at least Uh, it went back this is an ordered list are you saying this is an ordered list Uh, no but this is the most important game um, I've played this year to this decade to me Uh, it's Final Fantasy 7 um was going back and forth between it and ten just today because I like all I feel similarly about ten and I'm worried that seven will like fall down like a house of cards when I replay it. But I don't think that's true because I came into seven expecting like something very di- like I didn't come in 
completely free. I had heard about Seven. I'd watched Advent Children. I knew the plot of that game. At least I thought I did. I thought I knew what Final Fantasy Seven was. And what I ended up coming away with was like something legitimately revelatory, but not in a way that people talk about when they talk about what makes Final Fantasy Seven just the most amazing, beautiful game they've ever made. The Aeris stuff is so shocking. Sephiroth's so cool. And Crowd and him are amazing rivals. It was like just a really beautiful game about a dumb boy trying to be cool and learning to have friends uh, while the numbers go up. The music's fantastic and it has some of the best art in a video game. Uh, and I like, you know, it was my. I'd played Lost Odyssey before, but apart from that, this was my like first real JRPG. I guess I'd walked through Persona 4, but that was it. That was my entire experience with JRPGs up until this point. Um, and it, you know, now I'm Final Fantasy is probably my favorite series. So, uh, this game sure happened to me. Uh, and I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's good because. I mean, oh, this was the beginning of our journey. There was no guarantee it was going to work, right? Yeah. Like, this is the big project. Can I get you through all of Final Fantasy while also replaying all of Final Fantasy for many of them the, like, fifth or sixth time? Some more than that. Some a little less than that. Yeah. Um, and we, we fucking did it. It's like the testament to the decade, right? Absolutely. And, like, we mostly came out really loving them. Like, apart from 12. Yeah, just th- 9 get fucked. 9, nine get fucked. 12 get fucked. Um... But you, on- you know what? If twelve had a better story, it'd be one of the best games because I sure like playing it. Same, um, but the the part where I thought twelve was, had like really interesting ideas, and at the end, I sat on a Skype call with you, basically saying the dumbest thing that came to my mind, and that was the next thing that happened in the cutscene, is <laughs> etched into my brain as one of the most disappointing ways a game can end. Yep. Uh, but on the whole, it was like really affirming about all the things that that series did from like you know the ninety through to two thousand and four. I guess that was when ten two happened. Um, we're never doing fifteen, by the way. I hope everyone here knows this. That's not never going to be a podcast game. No, we'll pl- I, I would love it. to play fifteen. Maybe someday, uh, fifteen will fall into my lap and I can play the video game. Yep. Someone is. Someone told me they would send me their copy fifteen over a year ago. I'm still I d- waiting. I don't know why. You shouldn't be waiting on that because you still have to buy all the royal DLC. It would be cheaper to buy it to download it when it goes on sale. Look, Jackson. You're just gonna play the base game. <laughs> Maybe I don't fucking know. What does what DLC matter? They canceled halfway through anyway. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we can't put fifty on the list because it got canceled. <laughs> yeah, not a real video game. Real never video came game. out apparently. So. <laughs> Erased it from existence. Um, but yeah, that, that, both the Final Fantasy and Metal Gear Journeys, the, like, both hitting as hard as they did is surprising. I guess, like, also, I didn't get that far into it, but Zelda, you know, and Castlevania, it wasn't like... I often worry, right, that we are the big... Because uh, I guess we're transitioning into just more general wrap-up stuff now. But I worry that we're, like the grumpy contrarian people who don't like the big games like you know i started this podcast complaining about near and Amada and everyone loves that game um but i think on the whole you look at like going back and playing the big things that are mostly beloved it, there are only a few elements where we really like really hate a thing that's beloved usually we like understand it like you have you have to be real bad to be uncharted too um, yeah, but, you know, there's plenty of vanquishes out in the world, and fuck all of them. Right, yeah. I'm not saying that we're not... I'm saying that, like, I look at this and I understand, like, that I'm not just being a shit when I don't like something. I'm trying to be honest yeah. about both sides here. Like, when yes, I'm... No, I, no, for sure. Yeah. You know, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, we still have to have the capacity for love. Almost on this list was Sleeping Dogs. I took it on and put it off like four times. Yep. Um, and it ended up just not making the cut. But that's a big game. Love it. Yakuza. Amazed Yakuza on this list for yeah, either of us. Yakuza was really close. Yakuza would have been on the games of the decade list, but we played three that was not in the decade. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have put four on my list maybe if I had had another couple spaces. So you know, yeah. I like four more than three. Um, I've only played one and three because I'm a yeah. loser. Well, someday you'll play video games again, and that someday is this year. This year, twenty twenty. Here we go. New decade. I've made a spreadsheet. It says the second decade on it. It gave you yeah, a heart attack using the first it for time a couple weeks it. now. Yeah, because you know the decade begins. Uh, in December, well, I've cheated. One game I did play in December, but I was like, I'm not going to care about Sinara Wild Hearts next year. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so I was like, I'll give it a shout out here because I haven't played any video games this year. What am I going to do? Say Einhander? Like, no. <laughs> uh, Einhander's pretty good, but yeah, no, you're right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So what's what's your next year goals, Jackson? Next year goals? Oh, in terms of games? Yeah. Um. You know what? We'll, we'll, we'll trade it. We're trading off here. I can't do multiple. And I have to think. You know, that's I'm, fine. That's um, fine. First goal is to make Zelda progress. <laughs> okay. That's high on the list. I need to. I need. I've been saying this for three years in a row. I need to just get through Ocarina of Time. Um, yeah. Because I know that I will love Majora's Mask. I know that I will enjoy Wind Waker. Um, I know I'll love Minish Cap. I think you'll really like Wind Waker. I'd be surprised if you didn't really like Wind Waker. Oh, I mean, I I could like love any of these games, but like baseline. Yes. I know yeah, that no, no. all of those. I'm are really hoping that you just pull out a, like a hat trick and really love like Twilight uh, Princess, yeah, or something like that. That'd be real fun. I mean, I don't, I don't agree, but I'd love it if that was true for you. I can't do like the thing where I played four Kingdom Hearts games in a row because while those games are like RPGs and you can settle into it, I cannot play 3D Zelda's in a row like I did. I have to like take breaks and pace that one. Yes, uh, so I have to be slightly more deliberate and on the ball about that. Um, what's your first goal? Uh, my first goal is to actually play video games and enjoy them, which I'm working on. It's, you know, it's really difficult. Yep. Um, I, you, like, this might seem like a bit, but I'm literally in therapy for how to learn to, like, be a person and enjoy things. Um, and not, like, get them wrapped up in my weird PTSD, which happens sometimes. Yes. Um, and it happened with video games right around the time that we played God of War and wrote those pieces. And just, it's really ruined my life. Um, it, it is legitimate. Like, doing that was like a mistake. It was a life-ruining mistake. Not like... You know, it was like a genuine bad idea. Yeah. Um, not just because the game sucks. That's true, too. But it doesn't actually matter. The, the game probably could have been okay. And I still would have had a really bad go of it. Um and it just kind of threw me off video games for a long time. And I'm trying to reclaim that space because there was a time that I played video games and enjoyed them. It was an important hobby for me. And it's not been true for uh, definitely for 18 months, but honestly, a little longer than that, all things considered. Um, and trying to reclaim that, you know, like playing Dragon Quest and doing that stuff. It's been, it's, it's like an important goal because, um, it's very easy to like turn this into work because all the games become podcasts because, all, I had two game clubs a month. I only have one now. That helps a, a lot. Um, and uh, it was always like, oh, I need to play something for the podcast. I just need to play things for me because playing games can be fun and good. Um, and once I can do that, then the rest will follow. Hopefully. Yes. Knock on wood. Uh, that's fine. Other goals. I mean, I have a definitely a similar goal. Um, 
I have my own brain stuff that I'm trying to work through uh, with video games. Um, I did not break in anywhere near the same. Like, the God of War thing was, like, fine for me. Um, I still get people talking about that article to me in my mentions sometimes because uh, it was the, it's the only thing I've ever done that's, like, blown up. Uh, yeah. Which is very it was weird. like the breakout article that, that set also, so, you know. Uh, I feel really bad about it because behind the scenes, I was, like... I had before I wrote that article I had like been kind of curiously reading old Tim Rogers articles so I was just being particularly shitty in that article in the way I was like ah it's fine it's God of War I can be like on doing a bit and being mean about it and it turns out that's what the people want so I still feel a bit bad about that just blowing out because I don't want to be that cynical uh because people like people who only know me from that think I'm just like a real asshole yeah but I'm not I mostly just talk like this um uh I want to play through Final Fantasy VII in the first two months of the year. It's my it's my goal. Uh, I want to replay Final Fantasy A remake? Fan- no. Before, re- you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to get through Final Fantasy VII before remake. Uh, it is particularly hard for me because of my uh, weird OCD brain stuff. I've got an OCD intrusive thought problem and it's latched onto Final Fantasy in very arbitrary ways that won't, don't sound good when I explain them. Um, so it's just hard to play Final Fantasy games for me. Uh, because I've got a very, like, don't think of the, you know, intrusive thought patterns when you think of your favorite thing type fun brain problem. Uh, and I just want to try to break through that and enjoy Final Fantasy VII, see if it's still as good as I remember it. Um, I played the first hour, uh, like, just to test a few months ago, and that is still amazing, so I expect to really like it, but I definitely want to go into Remake with Final Fantasy VII just just right there, because I don't think people will be doing that. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Um... And I'm bracing for remake uh, like I would uh, brace for a meteor from space. Uh, that's fair. I don't intend to play remake, so I'm free. I'm gonna be on the website for all of that. I, you know, we we talked last time. Will the Death Stranding or that discourse be worse? And who can say? It, I think it'll be it'll be it'll be seven remake. Absolutely. <laughs> you just don't think it'll be in the same neighborhood. <laughs> I think it's going to be. I'm thinking it's going to be a nightmare because everyone on Earth is going to play it, and most of them don't remember what Final Fantasy VII is. That's why I'm going to play it it's like very soon. Um, I, I thought about like streaming it, but I'm not. I'm just going to tweet through it. I think. I'm not going to make that into work. Just check the timeline. I'll probably give it a tag so I can avoid people who really do don't want to be spoiled on Final Fantasy VII stuff. Uh, but that's that's my next that's my next goal. Anything else for you? I have a couple games I want to play next year. One of them was Outer Wilds. We took care of that by yep. making it work. So good job, Mess. Um, I really want to pay, uh, play Pathologic 2. Um, people talk it up a lot. And it's a game that I am interested in both like aesthetically and mechanically. So it seems like a game I should check out. Um, Disco Elysium is also really high on the list. Um, because aside from like who's voice acting in that game and some people's complaints, mostly seemingly about the early game, Everything else about that game seems incredible and exactly what I'm asking for in this space of, you know, CRPGs. So here's hoping that it works out because I'll report back. Definitely going to play that at some point, hopefully. Knock on wood. Um, And then I want to find a good mech game. I want to play, I want to play, what's it, what's the big crunchy one that had, no, what? I'm going to call? No. The one that uh, just had the expansion come out. Oh, Battletech. Yes, I want to play Battletech. Every time I, my brain goes to say Battletech, it says Mech Warrior, and I knew that wasn't right. That's why I couldn't think of the name. I want to play Battletech. Um, I want to play uh, Brigador. That's what that game's called. Um, 
you know, find find a mech game that works for me. Um, and uh, that that's like in my playing video game goals because it's weird, you know, we're people who are known as the mech game people or the mech people because of Gundam and shit. But I just don't, I haven't found the video game that like gets that, gets what I want out of like playing mech stuff. Just uh, it doesn't work. I also probably want to play Deus Ex Machina. It helps that my brother has that. I can just borrow that and play that. So, um. Those those are my goals. Those are my like games I actually want to get done this coming year. Yeah, I try to think about what I what I really want to get done in terms of the big games. So, well, first of all, just to respond to the mech thing, uh, I unfortunately found it, and it's exactly one level of Zone of the Enders two. Uh, I know that there's not a game that is that entire. Like, there's no game that's that level, right? Like, yeah, no, that, probably that is it. Not. I found it. It's ten minutes long. I love it, but that's it. Yeah. Um, because I, I know that's what I want from mech games. Uh, and that's very hard to make. Uh, yeah. In terms of specific games, I, I don't have much. There's a lot of, like, things that, like, I could say, right? I could say The Witcher. I could say Castlevania. I could say, uh, you know, finally finish my Kingdom Hearts backlog. Because um, that's been hanging over me for ages. Like, half, most of this year. Um, but I, I don't actually know which one of those I'll end up biting on. I'd like to do at least, like, one or two of them. Um, get some big things cleared off this list. Uh, of things I didn't didn't get to this year, uh, but I just generally want to be better at finishing games. Um, I I'm very good at getting like halfway through a game and then having to move away because of work. Like my inclination is to just get into a state with whatever the thing I'm working on is, and then finish that and then move on to the next day. I'm very like, um, what's the word? That's the word, fixation. That's the word. Like very fixation with how my like focus uh, works. But the, what will happen? Will I'll do that, and then I'll be like, oh fuck, I've got a podcast tomorrow, and then uh, then whatever I was doing that week until GGP prep started is gone. Yeah. Um, and that's always going to be a part of that. Like that's how my brain works, and I've said like I want to do, I want to fix this every year. But you know, that's this is me on some level. But I do want to be a bit better about trying to finish things. Uh, and if I don't finish them, just watch the end of them on YouTube. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's, it's a great way to finish a lot of things, honestly. Because you know, I shout out to YouTube for having the ending or the, the game, like the entire video game of just any game you want to see. And so. it, yeah, like I got th- almost all the way through Control, and then I was like, no, this book, this like room is way too hard. Someone's edited this into a long play that I can just see the end of, and I'm sure it's not that long. I'm sure I'm almost there, and it was much better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I want to be better about, like, okay, I'm done with this now. Let me just take the short route to the end um, yep. so I can at least have a more complete opinion on it. Because otherwise it just sits, you know, unresolved. Uh, yeah. So that, that, that's that's my, my goal for approaching things. I don't necessarily have any more, like, big, I want to do this stuff. Apart from, um, I think I want to clear off, like, more DS and PS3 games, because those are the things that are most likely to fucking break. I'll have my PC forever, right? Like, I'll get a new PC one day if I can ever... if this country doesn't fall into the sea next week. Yeah. Um, but, theoretically, I will upgrade my PC and then be able... all the PC games will run even better. Uh, but that's not going to be true about my DS and uh, my PS3 and, like, my Vita and stuff. So I think I want to, like, concentrate on the things that might go offline very soon. <laughs> yeah. Um... That's that's really it. Yeah, Michael. Uh, I guess the only other thing I have is I want to spend more time playing small games, which I yes. almost didn't do at all this year. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's like Apple Arcade stuff or just like going to itch and playing a couple things here and there. Uh, like I feel like a lot of the resources for that went away. Like my discovery, uh, my friends who like like Omar's out there. 
you know, shout out to Omar, probably listening to this. Um, but they, they pick like Steam action games that are not necessarily in my genre. And also they're all like $10, which is not the impulse itch purchase, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have to think about that. I don't live in a world where $10 is nothing, unfortunately. Um, yep. And I just need to go and gather, like spend time with like the $1 games and just like find the gems on myself. Um, it's just hard. It takes time. I mean, it's not hard. It takes time. It takes like yes. sitting down on a Saturday and being like, I'm going to play games for three hours and who knows what I'll find. Maybe yeah. it'll be something cool. And I'll I used to do that a long time ago, well before we started doing a lot of podcasts, but I would like to go back to doing that. Yeah, that's like 2015 era. We were like connected and like following that stuff and we're just not yes. anymore. And I, I, no. I want to find a way to be able to do that, but not to the level of like, this is the thing I do that 2015. I just well, yeah, I also f- don't want to follow any, really any more games people on Twitter. In fact, if the, my friends who talk about games could just not, that'd be good. We yeah. could all just stop talking about games culture um, and just like enjoy a video game and then like live our lives. That'd be great, that'd honestly. Be, that'd be fantastic. As, as much as I still enjoy video games, I really hate everything about talking about talking about video games. Yeah. Review cycles and release dates and embargoes and the discourse around X and Y and which company is bad. They're all bad. They're all fucking terrible. <laughs> Please get some ideology. They suck. They're corporations. That's what they do. That's literally their job. Remember Anthem. Remember when we all spent three weeks talking about Anthem? But not us. Neither of us did. But we listened to it. You know that was this year. That was this year. Remember Far Cry New Dawn? Barely. Also this. That came out after Anthem. Should we look? I'm gonna check. Yeah. Check on this podcast. Uh, Far Cry. You can do Anthem. I'm not gonna look it up. Oh God, fine. Far Cry New Dawn was before Anthem. I think that's February, and I think Anthem was March. Okay. Because I remember oh. the date Anthem came out. Because apparently I did. No, no, that was February. That was one week later. They were one week okay. apart. God. Both forgotten. Toss the winds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I remember before Anthem came out, like making a tweet, like seeing the trailer and being like, just thousands, thousands of hours of like human beings' lives are poured into this thing that will be forgotten in six months. Uh,. It's sad. The industry's sad. Uh, and we'll do our best to, like, enjoy the medium without, you know, getting into the stuff that sucks too much. Yeah. We'll continue on. You know, Halo, obviously, coming whenever Phil, Phil bothers to put the Howard. fucking game out. Um, I assume it'll be a while, because they're gonna have to fix Reach first, because it's kind of broken. You know, the plan after that is that me and Jackson will continue to play Halo and do them in pod, like, probably in other abnormal mappings. We won't formally cover them probably in the yes. same way but we will talk about them on this podcast I we plan that. to like do halo as a game club and then check in every time we've played in the next co-op campaign when it drops yeah. yep um because i'm excited to go through those uh you know i know a little bit about them but like I-, I played a little bit of halo 2 in college that was i was i was 18 years old when that happened jackson that was a long time ago now <laughs> college is the perfect place to play halo 2 <laughs> That was an entire person who might be listening to this podcast life ago. Oh, God, we do have people listening who were born then. Yes. Oh. That was 2004 I was playing Halo. I was in year five. Yeah. I was in college. Not going to class. Um, <laughs> who does that in college? <laughs> but I got really into Final Fantasy X that year. So, you know, I, yeah, I feel like I spent my time well, honestly. Uh, yeah, I was. Yep. <laughs> well, what would, a, what would a literature degree get me that Final Fantasy X did not? Nothing. 
Exactly. And I don't have student loan debt. So, you know, I feel like I did all right flunking out of college. Is Machen giving you college lectures? No, he is not. No, he's not. (laughs) Um... That's it. Thank you very much. I couldn't do that because I'd fall asleep every time. I'd be taking notes and just drifting off. Like, ah, just keep talking at me. It's the best ASMR has been invented yet. 2004. Lady Yuna, please turn to page 237. (laughs) Machin, why don't you bring us into the plug zone? Um, I am at headfullsoff on twitter.com. You can find me there. I do a bunch of tweets. And uh, you can find the other podcasts that we do at abnormalmapping.com. There's a whole bunch of them, uh, including Repertory Screenings, a movie podcast that we do uh, every two, uh, three weeks this time, but every two weeks nominally. Uh, yeah, we please listen to Repertory Screenings. I love that show a lot, and I feel like it's one of our lesser known shows. So We love talking about movies. It's kind of where we started. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I hope to do a bunch more movies next year. I'm excited for it. I, I like talking about movies. They're like video games, but they only take two hours. It's fucking magical, honestly. Oh, yeah, like we say, well, man, man, a video game takes two hours and like just says its themes and emotions, and you go through the whole arc in two hours. That's beautiful. That's an int- that's just all movies. Yeah, even the really long ones—they're only three hours. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but we're also on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Abnormal Mapping. Yeah. Uh. You know. You know about that, but please, if you uh, haven't considered follow, you know, pledging there, please pledge there. Uh, $1 a month gets you a great Gundam project. $5 a month gets you writing every a week, hopefully. Fingers crossed. It's been a little dodgy as we've been very depressed and sick and all the other things. Um, I'm sure we'll be less depressed next year. <laughs> about movies and video games? Yeah, I'm sure that the depression will go away next year, Al. Um, and $10, we don't really like play, talk about this very often, but $10 gets you VoIP Life, which every two weeks me and Jackson have a very goofy podcast um, where we just kind of like go through lists or talk about movies and video games that we've been playing that are more like casual. It's like, if you want to listen to us run down like the GameSpot traditional ranking score of every game covered on normal mapping we up through last that. spring. We did do that. We did that. It's good. Um, if you want us to talk about like Polygon's top 100 list of something that's bad, uh, we do that a lot. So if you like us just goofing off and you really want to support the network, it would be very thankful for anyone who pledges that level. It's a yep. big help. Um, because this is really how we keep going. There wouldn't be podcasts if the Patreon wasn't successful. So thank you everyone who pledges, um, and continues to pledge into the next year. And uh, please tell your friends, this is a weird show in that, like, abnormal mapping is not about things that are valued in the culture. Like, you know, we're we're not talking about the news. We're not talking about new releases. Um, so if you have someone who you think would like an episode, like in the backlog, go through the game gallery, or you just think our episodes are good and want to tell people about them, please tell people about them. I cannot emphasize enough how much word of mouth is the only way this show ever gets any traction ever. And anyone who's ever shared it uh, has been very good and helpful. And I thank you. And thanks so much. um, If you can continue to do that, uh, it'd be great. Uh, also, we have a Discord um, if we're just going to go full plug. Yeah, um, no, no, we have a Discord. Uh, please come in. Uh, I feel like everyone comes in for Gundam now. It used to be, I was like, I'm not going to plug this on normal mapping. I don't want people talking about video games, but everyone's there for Gundam. <laughs> please reversed. talk about a goddamn video game. Now we can't plug it on Gundam in case someone comes in and tries to talk about Shaw's Counterattack again. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want anyone to ever talk to me about Shaw's Counterattack, but if you want to talk to me about video games, I'm listening. You know, I hope they're. I hope it's a good video game. I hope it's not near Automata, because fuck off. <laughs> yeah, that's the Sharks counterattack of video games. <laughs> it, you know, on some level, it really is. Uh, anyway, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Um, and uh, Jackson did all the rest of the plugs really well, actually. Um, so you I said think that like it's surprising. It. 
Uh, no, I was just thinking if there's anything else I wanted to say, and I don't think there is. So thanks, everyone, for supporting us. This has been a weird year for us, but people seem to have liked the show, so seemingly doesn't matter. <laughs> um, We've had like periods of being like really on it, and sometimes just being like really completely out of it, depressed, and just not feeling it. The podcast seems to be like have just as much of a reaction from the people who enjoy it, so like it's not affecting the work clearly, even if we're going through it. <laughs> yeah, and we we stay going through it. So oh, well, thanks know. everyone. I'm sure 2020 will have no problems or uh, speed bumps whatsoever and we'll just play a bunch of video games and have a great time and there will be no problems ever, ever again. So uh, with that, uh, play some video games, I guess, because there's no problems. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine.